breakfast, and then I was like, now I'm here. <laughs> I was like, well, I need to put something in her. I'm going to be like. Funny. And we are live with Shad no Johnson. Way. What's hey. up, man? What's up, man? How are you doing? I am. I was telling you a minute ago, I am. It's been a busy day, but uh, how's going? How's going for you? Uh, just uh, I mean, it was a, it was kind of a regular day. Like I I uh, just normal day at work. You know, I just came in the shop and did some stuff. Uh, my lady's gone, so I'm having to take care of not like anybody cares, but I'm taking care of both of our dogs. We have a crazy puppy, so I had to take him to puppy school. So Ooh. yeah, nothing t- nothing too exciting. It's pretty rainy and cold outside today, so yeah. Big day in the the Portland BMX world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been kind of, I mean, it's been cold, but it's been, like, dry and nice uh, the past, like, week. So people have been riding. Um, Casey Badger and I went and we dug a little yesterday. Nice. And then um, I thought it was going to be kind of nice today, but, yeah, I woke up and it was raining, and I was like, oh, Because we hadn't had rain for, like, uh, it feels like a while, like a week, week and a half. So it's just like, oh, there it is again. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so, what's the scene but, like out I mean, there that's these just days? Uh, it's good. You know, like I think with any, you know, I don't know if Portland's a bigger city, but you know, like maybe one of those cities that's like had heavy scenes for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of fluctuate. They they kind of go in waves. You know, I mean, you live in Ohio, and Ohio's had crazy scenes at times. And then you know, dudes will get to a certain age, and they'll kind of you yep. know come back down. And I think. Uh, we're kind of coming up right now. We, there's a lot, there's so many young dudes, you know, between like eight to like 15 that are just crazy rippers. Um, they, you know, they ride skate parks. They, they ride pretty much everything. They even, a bunch of dudes even race. And, you know, I think once all those kids get about like 17 to 20, it's going to be crazy. So, um, and a lot of the dudes are like dudes. I grew up with kids that are like, you know, that are coming up and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome to watch some of the progression with some of the younger dudes. So the scene's good right now. I mean, still probably a lot of the dudes, people, you know, remember from, you know, back in the early two thousands are still writing. Um, and then just a lot of their kids are writing and, but you know, it's winter time. We don't have an indoor park. So it's just like, what can we hit? I guess like Casey and I were digging yesterday and that's like a spot that, uh, old trail spot that used to be kind of running, but it's more of a winter spot because it's sandy. Mm. So um, some of the young dudes were kind of hyped on it. So we're like, all right, we went out and started fixing some lips and stuff. And, you know, there's a couple other dudes, uh, this dude, Adam Treadwell, a uh, longtime racer, and he, he kind of rides everything. He, he went out and put a lot of work in on some stuff. So uh, he kind of got a little fire lit on everybody. And, you know, I think uh, we're just try to ride that till it gets too, too wet, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, the scene's good. I mean, some lots of skate parks and you know a lot of dudes to ride. So, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I just put two and two together that Patty Gross is somewhere out there. Yeah, you know Patty lives here in Portland. He's lived here for. Oh, I mean, he's lived here the whole time. He's lived in the states probably since like 2015 or something. But Patty used to visit us in the early 2000s because he was really good friends with Daniel Randall. When Daniel rode for We the People, and they met in Germany, and then he started coming over and visiting, and like, yeah, I mean, Patty's, I mean, Patty's so amazing, but he's like, he feels like he's lived in Portland since like the Blueprint time, you know, 
even though he started coming straight after that. But uh, it, it just feels like he's been here forever. But yeah, Pat, Patty lives out here, and um, you know he's always on his his schedule. He's got you know he's got a strict riding schedule, strict work. You know that's that's mm-hmm. how he he functions. So, but I always love it when Patty comes in the shop and we get to hang out for a little. Yeah, he's he's such a good dude. He's like, I haven't seen him since Baco in 2015 yeah. and he still will text me around holidays and be like a very personalized text oh yeah he'll take he'll take the time out for people like he's he's a and he, like when he talks about things and stuff he's very sincere about it like with friends or even with writing like he's he's a very sincere person you know yeah so um and he's he's amazing on on a bike so oh, incredible i always try to get him to I think he might be, I'm sure some Australian or somebody's done it, but uh, the, the tail whip bar spin, uh, the tail whip air half bar spin that like Mira used to do, Patty used to do them in the late oh. 90s. But he would have to, uh, I think he has to tail whip air, he has to do an opposite tail whip air to half bar spin is how he would do it. I, he explained it to me and I was just like, so you made it even harder. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. But, but yeah, P- Patty's, you know, he's probably probably just finishing up work and he's been driving down to the Eugene area a lot riding this covered mini ramp so nice yeah I've seen that clips from that yeah so I'm gonna admit and I'm gonna apologize for not being as well read as I should be on some BMX things oh um, I okay. educate me on blueprint because I know nothing um I mean it it was started off as just a scene video like uh, some of my friends and I, we, we've always made videos when I was younger. We, I don't have a post this one online, but there's a video my friends and I made when I lived in central Oregon called ride, ride your bike. Hmm. And then I moved to the Eugene, Oregon area and we made a video names can sound kind of weird, but it came out in 94, 95 and it was called bestiality. It was just because in the beginning we chased sheep like naked, you know, like <laughs> oh. it's nineties BMX, you know, whatever okay. dudes are. And then, um, then we made a video around 97, 98 called the friend between my legs. Um, and it was pretty, if you've seen the uncensored one, it's pretty wild. Like I remember we gave a copy to the guys on road fools Two when they came through and, uh, you know, I think <laughs> dudes were like, what's going on with you guys? Really, really good writing. Um, both, both that bestiality video and, uh, the friend between my legs are on the snake bite channel. They're just highly censored okay um well yeah yeah so they're they're pretty censored but the writing's great and then we were just starting on another video i had just moved from eugene to portland so i had some footage from eugene and both those crews back then rode together a ton you know eugene salem uh portland and even a lot of the southern oregon riders riding together a bunch the scene was super tight we had a couple indoor parks and we just were filming like we would just for another video, you know, like some younger dudes were stepping up. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when you guys are just filming videos, you, you're like, oh, I got a buddy over here. He's ripping. Yeah, do you want to film a part? Sure. So we were just doing like normal. And then I went to go to work at Woodward that summer. And we're like, oh, we should make a promo for the video just to show people there like some of our friends and stuff, you know. We just thought we were going to make video like where we just sold it at jams and stuff like we do you know, like, Hey, we got this video for sale. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I showed it to root or Bruce Chrisman was there as a visiting pro and Bruce and I grew up riding together. 
and Bruce wanted me to show Ruben. So I showed it to Ruben and then Ruben was super excited about the demo and we were like, oh, that's weird. Even Bruce was like, that's weird. And because uh, we never thought, we just thought, you know, I, I mean, I think every scene thinks that where you think the rest of the world's like a thousand times better than you. So, mm-hmm. you know, in a scene super hungry, you're riding super hard, but you still think you're like 10 clicks away from those other dudes where probably you're closer than you think you are. It's just, you know, we're in the Pacific Northwest, in the middle of nowhere. No one would come up here, you know? Yeah. But then Ruben wanted me to show it to the props guys because they were there for a, uh, a CFB contest. And then I showed it to them. I remember I got to go on the props, the 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 Road Fools bus, the, uh, you know, the one that was um, uh, one of the, you know, Jack, uh, one of the country singers, you know, like the second. The, oh, the yeah, I've heard yeah. this. So I went on there and like Dave Frymouth and everybody's on there and I showed it to him. You know, I'm super nervous. I don't know. I've never met any of these dudes. They're just yeah. like super pros, you know. And uh, they were all psyched. And then Marco hit me up. Like, I think he got my number or somebody hit me up. I think Marco did and asked if they could distribute the video when it came out. Wow. And, you know, back then, that was a big deal. Like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't even know. I would never even have tempted to try to get distribution for it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then it that next summer, I think it came out, or that next year came out, and uh, they distributed it, and it I, it did pretty well. Like, you know, um. But yeah, it was just meant to be like a just a local video that we were just kind of filming for our friends. Yeah. <laughs> and it just turned into to more. I think it did help that Bruce um, kind of a few dudes in our scene were starting to blow up, you know, like Bruce Christman, Justin Inman, mm-hmm. Daniel Randall. Um, so dudes were starting to pay attention. Rich Church, uh, you know, um, so dudes were starting to pay attention a little bit. Um, and dudes were starting to come out of our scene and, and I, that did help a lot. And I think in hindsight, I mean, I think it did help a lot of the, the writers up here get known, you know? Yeah. So, well, I, I've but, heard yeah. of those writers that you're listing and they're well-known writers. So if that's like part of the catalyst, I definitely would say it's. A- yeah. I mean, when we, we started filming Justin, he was 15 for that video, maybe 16. Yeah. He just moved to Salem. He was like a junior in high school and he was a little racer dude. And he started coming out to the Salem trails, to the Solame trails. And then he started hanging with us, riding Burnside and stuff. And he was just, I mean, we've all been around like crazy talented writers. I mean, he, he was just blowing us away and he just had this, this perfect style. Like it was just crazy. You know, like mm-hmm. you had him ripping at the same time you'd have Bruce this is pre-free coaster Bruce when he was like super contest dude, and you know it, it was just wild back then with the sessions with those dudes for that video, you know. Um, but yeah, we, the the video did good, and then I think you know right after that, Rich started filming for the Salvation video. The Salem dude started filming for Building the Underground. You know, it kind of just everybody went everywhere from it. You know, it, it like it was a literal blueprint without kinda, even realizing. Um, <laughs> The funny thing is, we got the name Blueprint. Uh, Taj is the one who named the video. Oh, that's awesome! Because Taj lived up here. He lived in Olympia, Washington, then, and he'd come down and ride once in a while because he was friends with Jamie McParland, who um, was from the Midwest, grew up with Kurt Schmidt and stuff. Okay. And uh, he came down, and we were, or no, we called Taj because we were trying to figure out a name. And Jamie and Taj talk all the time about guitars and stuff. 
and uh, we went, we were listening to Fugazi, and there's that song Blueprint. Okay. And I, I don't know if Taj heard it in the background. He's like, you should name it Blueprint from the Fugazi song. And uh, it it just stuck. So that's what we went with. How crazy. So nothing, no intent of any of that. I mean, you can't have that kind of intent with your making a video. Like, I, I mean, maybe. But it's cool to hear how you guys were just making a video of your group not realizing anything the gravity that it would actually have while you're yeah, doing it. Yeah, I mean, we figured our friends would see it, the Canadian dudes, because we rode a lot with uh, dudes in British Columbia then, like mm. Jason Ends and Asado. And, you know, when there'd be jams, our crews would intermingle. And Rich Hirsch and Matt Puro from Blaine and Andrew Reiser, and that's the border town. And Andrew had all these epic ramps yeah. at his house. So we'd all kind of intermingle there. So we figured those guys and like the basic bike guys would get it. Um, and then I figured a few of my friends down Huntington Beach, because uh, we were friends, like good friends with like Bar Spinner Ryan and Adam Pope and stuff. Um, and I'd go down and stay at the old HB house, like Timmy Ball's house. So I figured, oh, I'll send those guys a couple videos and things. And I, I figured that was going to be it. You know, maybe, maybe the solid guys and a few NorCal dudes would end up with it, but nothing like what it ended up doing you know that's incredible i think but i think the best things are that way where you don't have intentions of anything like that you're just doing it for the love yeah. of doing it and then the universe does its magic and it goes crazy yeah i mean it yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff in that video it's like see it's like the whole video might have you know looking back it's kind of like that but then there's parts like lou racich's part you know it's like He's like just a flash in the pan, you know, boom, you know, super progressive street part. And then he was gone, you know, so. Yeah. Well, sometimes that happens to the. Oh, yeah, yeah. People, no, and sometimes know? sometimes it's healthy for that to happen, you know, like, you know, some dudes BMX is different for everybody. So some mm -hmm. dudes, you know, will give what they can or, you know, ride the way they want to. But, you know, everything does have an expiration point, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I've just recently begun to accept the fact that, like, when someone's falling out of riding, it sometimes they just like not everybody loves it the same as I yeah. do, and and that's okay. And sometimes they come back. Sometimes you know, I yes. see a lot. You know, you'll own in a shop. You'll see a lot of dudes. You know, car girlfriend. You know, maybe trying to work construction or something right out of high school, stop riding or something. And then, you know, maybe about 28 or so, they start coming back into it. They're like, oh, I don't know why I quit. You know, like, I got into partying this, and I just want to do something that I, I enjoyed, you know? So, yep. so yeah. yeah, you always have the dudes that kind of float in and out. Yeah, I've noticed. I mean, just having the YouTube channel I do, there is so many older guys who have kids now, whatever it might mm -hmm. be, that are realize that they can, are coming back into riding. Oh, yeah. It is amazing. I think this might be a great place to bring up the Snakebite channel because it is like a great resource for some of those people to go back and see some of the stuff that they remember growing yeah. up with. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I don't really. I, I mean, I know the channel kind of, it, it definitely has its old school vibe, you know? Like, I just, it's kind of like, I just, you know, you try to have projects all the time, especially here in. Oregon where the weather is bad and mm -hmm. you know started off you know 
I, I, I don't even know. I mean, we, we had our, we still do have our website. I haven't done much on it because I've been so busy and the YouTube is honestly a little bit easier than like, you know, where you're putting stuff in like five different spots, you know, yeah. it, it, it's really not like 2005 to 2015 where, you know, you would be on a website digging around, which yeah. I do enjoy, you know, and I appreciate websites that are like that. Um, so I just started posting more and more on YouTube and then I started realizing a lot of my old mini DV, hi eight, mini VHS tapes, a lot of them are kind of going bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have lots of footage that, A, I want to enjoy looking back on me and my friends, but lots of epic writing footage. So I just started dumping them <laughs> on here, like, here's the raw footage. Yeah. Here's the raw footage. Um, and then a few of my friends started hitting me up. It's like, hey, I've got this footage. Like, uh, dude, Eben Krakow has came through. He has the gnarliest collection of like all these contests because you know he was like kind of a avert child prodigy for haro in the 80s so his dad was taking him to all the vert contests in the 80s and filming it so he's given us so much footage and you know i'll just post up dudes runs even if it's like a dude from an afa contest that was maybe riding you know 14 15 intermediate vert you know just some normal rider i'm going to mm -hmm. post up his run because he may see that or Google his name and it comes up and he hasn't seen him ride bikes for like 30 years, which it's not something I've had dudes reach out to me and freak out because this is the only footage they've ever seen of them riding, you know? Yeah. And they're like, dude, I loved what I rode. I can't believe you had this, you know, you know, and they'll go mm -hmm. through all this stuff with me and it makes me feel good posting up. So I just post up as much stuff as I can, whether it's a dude who's not very good or, you know, some, you know, Matt Hoffman when he was 15 or Carlo Griggs or, you know, there's, I have stuff all across the board Yeah. because it's just all bike riding and it, it makes people happy, you know? Right. Absolutely. So the stuff that's on the channel here, it, how much of this is stuff that is like, people are like, Hey, I want you to post this or you made it back in the day or, um, I'd say it's like 50, 50. Nice. Um, it, so there's like. I've got a ton of tapes. I have a lot of my friends' tapes. I have, um, when Rich and I had goods together, when we were, you know, Rich, Rich Hirsch and I grew up together and we're, you know, we're like brothers, even though I, we haven't talked in a long time. I mean, he, you know, he's like family and all our tapes were mixed up. So I have like all the footage from Low Tech Vancouver. I have all this crazy like stuff from like Low Tech and Fremont and, you know, I, I, and I have tapes where I'm like, I don't even know where this tape came from. I have footage from Solid. Um, when Aaron shut Solid Bikes down, mm -hmm. I got all the all the footage. I've got tons of Sponsor Me tapes. Um, I just posted up a dude Sponsor Me tape today. I don't even know who it is. The dude, J.J. Williams. Yeah. Um, definitely got the uh, the 2010s vibes with the, the Animal New Era hat and... Yeah. You know, but he's ripping like, you know, maybe he doesn't have that anymore. Maybe he'll see that, you know, and I've had there's been, you know, to be honest, in the whole time I've done it, there's been maybe two times people reached out and like, hey, can you just take that down mm. and I'll pop it down, you know, but most people reach out and they're they're super psyched. So I just have tons of footage and I just don't want it to rot away, you know. Right. So I just I just post it up and then there are some videos that were just older videos that I just post up to like watch. I mean, I mean, 
some of it's like a selfish thing. Like I'm like, I don't want to have to search for this oh, video. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just gonna post it on my channel. You know, some random, you know, contest video from the '80s. Let like I'll just post this up. You know. Yeah. And uh, that way, if I want to watch it, I'll go watch it because I kind of just get stuck watching the same five videos over and over to to stay stoked. And then sometimes I'll cut them down because some of them there'll be parts in them, and you're like. Well, that'd be cool if that dude's part was just separated from the video, mm. you know, so somebody searches his name, the part will come up instead of a video coming up and somebody's like, is that, is he in there? Like, you know, where some, everybody's attention span so small, no one's going to watch maybe a 30 minute video. Right. And just in today's day and age, it's harder to catalog something when it's longer like that without yeah. having separate parts. And I think it does, it totally makes sense to have like if something exists in its entirety plus individual things just for the sake of being able to find it easy yeah and just a catalog i mean i'm i'm such a bmx history nerd that it's like you know my brain works i'm like oh we got to catalog it all it's got to be like this so when somebody looks back and they type in his name this will come up and somebody can see what he did right you know um and uh, yeah so I, yeah, that I mean that's basically been my whole year. I've been cataloging magazines, cataloging videos, uh, cataloging zines, um, and just kind of yeah, that that's what I've been doing. Somebody has to do it because if if nobody does it or only you know a couple people do it here and there, whatever, like it, it just will cease to exist because certain things may have never gotten translated to yeah. digital. Well, I mean, there's there's a couple. Well, I don't know if he still posts on. There's that one um, website called Twenty Three Mag. I've seen that, has, that. I think it's French, and it has a lot of good information. But I think the dude stopped doing it. But it's still up, and it has a lot of good stuff. And you know, there, I don't know really anybody there, but I would have hopes for the USA BMX Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. um, but it always feels like they're pretty. And, and this is not a diss to them. They do a lot of things, you know, but. Uh, it feels like they're slow to get to that. Like they took forever to start just letting freestylers in the Hall of Fame where you're like this year they put in TJ Lavin, which well deserved. TJ's mm -hmm. awesome. And then they put in Kevin Jones, which, you know, he should have Kevin Jones is the most influential flatlander probably ever. Yeah. Like should have probably been in a while ago. But you know, if you're looking at it, you're like, okay, it's two thousand twenty two and Taj isn't in the Hall of Fame yet. You know, it's like, where are we going to be at 2050? Are we just going to start putting in, like, a, you know, Aiken? Like, it's like, oh, it yeah. feels like they're running behind on things. And I don't know how much they're cataloging things or they're planning on it. Um, and I don't know really who at USA, I think maybe Gork, uh, maybe Shannon Gillette or somebody. I, I don't really know who. I don't want to put out people's names. But, you know, but I know they're starting to do stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like that gets me excited. Like I, you know, I, I just went through me and, um, REA Levinson. Um, yep. we basically just went through like 5,000 magazines I had. Oh my gosh. Like maybe, maybe a little less, um, sorting. I, I pretty, I've been putting down what I need. I pretty much have like almost every ride. Like maybe I'm missing like 15. I've got every freestyling. I've got every go. I've probably got 90% of every BMX plus. Um, which that goes back to 78. Mm -hmm. You know, I have magazines that go back to 76. 
So I'm just trying to fit, fill out those collections, which I don't know why, but I, I am. <laughs> but I'm about to start selling a lot of magazines because I have so many uh, leftover copies. So I'm going to start posting them up on BMX Museum to be getting them out of my life. Are you um, <clears throat> like digitizing those at all anyway? I mean, maybe down the line. There is a cool website right now if you just want to look at some old school BMX magazines called oldschoolbmxmags.com. And okay. I feel like that's one that dudes haven't posted on for a while either, but they have pretty good scans. So like if you want to see freestylings or goes or some BMX actions. Yeah. I think um, they're, they're missing some, but it, I, I don't know if I'd eventually go there. I think somebody should, and maybe it'll be me one day, you know, it's just, I don't make any money off it and I still got to run a shop and <laughs> right, else. Yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot of work. Absolutely. And I think maybe it'll end up being like a, a cumulative effort between people because you've got like you with Snakebite, then early 2000s. Granted, it's Instagram, but it is yeah. it is. I mean, James is doing a great job with what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and then something like the hard copy BMX archive. Yeah, I sold that. I sold that dude a ton of DVDs. Yeah. So if. Like maybe in the future, everybody will come together and make like one super resource. Yeah, I, I mean, and again, I would hope it would just be USA BMX because they have the funds and they have the money and mm -hmm. they have an awesome building. And I know they have catalogs of magazines and stuff. Because um, sometimes I think about with like my bike collection and I have certain bikes that I'm building up that are like pros bikes, like history bikes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where they'll go if, like, one day something happens to me. And I, there's a lot of dudes that have bikes like that, you know? Yeah. It's like, I think it's like, I mean, it's, it is their responsibility now because they've stepped into that to be like, hey, you know, we're here for this. But we want, you know, I think a lot, as a lot of collectors, people that care about BMX, they want to see them do the good job first before more stuff roll, rolls in. Right. And they just started. So, um, and I see people giving them some stuff and it's just like, yeah, I want to see where that goes because yeah, I mean, there's so many dudes with awesome pieces of history and All BMX spread like out, right. 50 years old now. So it's like everything like the history and the hall of fame thing. And you know, all this, I feel like everybody's coming into it a little late. Like we should have jumped on the gun 2003 or something to start, <laughs> yeah. start the process, you know? Yeah. Well, so basically what I'll do then is I will find the timestamp stamp for when we started talking about this, and I will send it <laughs> directly to the president of USA BMX, oh, no. and I'll say, I don't Look. want any of those dudes. I don't want. I don't want my USA BMX membership. Uh, I, I don't want to go to race one day and be like, No, oh, it won't be like that because Shane, the guy who's the president of USA BMX, is an awesome dude who will see that and be like, Oh, yeah, like, they did. They did that's an awesome event this year here in Portland, well, like one of the suburbs, they did a USA BMX contest at Newburgh Skate Park. Yeah. While I think Newburgh was having a, I think it was a Governor's Cup, so there was a big race going on and yeah. a freestyle contest. And that was a super fun day. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, definitely not, I'm not trying to diss on, I'm just saying like, I'm excited to see, you know, a, a institution in BMX that has a little bit of money and I know money's always tight for everybody, even when it looks, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm excited to see what they can do because the facility looks awesome. The, the hall of fame room looks awesome. I'd like me being a free, more of a freestyle guy. I'd like to see some more freestyle stuff in there. 
yeah. you know, um, yeah, it just, it, it excites me. So, you know, I, I want to see how it ticks and works and, and stuff like that. So, so basically I, I look at something like this, the same way I look at like kids in skate park etiquette. It's like, until somebody says something to them, they might not think about it. Yeah. So if, if this could be the catalyst that like, yeah, pushes, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just kind of, I mean, either yeah, way, no, it fully is. I think sometimes I'll just say things or ramble on where people are like, Oh, Shad's so old crazy. No, dude. not even a little <laughs> bit. Not with, not with this one. Anyways, this is perfect. I think it yeah. makes total sense. And I hope, hopefully they don't, they don't, you know, I don't go to a race one day and they're like, your membership's void. No more racing for you. <laughs> no, that won't happen. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, you know, I just get excited about BMX and get excited about all the dudes and all the stories. And I wished I could do more, but you know, it, it, I just do what I can and have fun with it. And dude, you do yeah. so much. I mean, we've talked about like a chunk of it, but then there's all this other stuff. Like you literally, you have goods BMX, right? Yep. Like what, what is that? Well, it's, it's a bike. I mean, it's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a bike shop that's turning into, I decided after we had all our break-ins, uh, we had two really bad break-ins during the pandemic, almost put us out of business. Um, and then we moved the shop into a new spot that's dope. Um, and I'm kind of, that's why I'm organizing everything. I'm trying to make my office space cool, you know, mm-hmm. and more organized. Cause I, had everything kind of up in this like loft area at the old place. And, uh, yeah, I mean, goods is, it's just a bike shop and, um, we kind of do a little of everything. We do regular, you know, freestyle stuff. We kind of jumped into racing. We have a whole separate race website that we kind of wanted to test out a new website hoster, you know, a, a place to host the website. Cause our old website's kind of dated. Mm-hmm. So we're going to change the old, the regular goods, bmx.com one but I just haven't had time yet. Yeah. Um, but so we do racing, we do freestyle, um, and we do old school and mid school stuff. You know, I'm not scared to put it on the floor cause I like when people come in and like a dad sees a bike he's excited about the kid sees a bike he's excited about and we can just talk about BMX or if a racer comes in, he sees, you know, he's like, Oh, you guys got super crosses on the wall. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, Whoa, you got this old school GT race bike here. I'm like, yeah. You know, he's like, Oh, I, you know, so, it just to keep keep all the BMX conversation and and the Stoke fluid and having mm-hmm. fun talking about it, and it makes the shop funner for me. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to anybody. I'm not a, you know, in my head I still feel like I'm 23, you know, but I know I'm not. You know, I'm I'm closer to 50 than 23, you know, and uh, it keeps BMX fun for me. You know, it's like I I'm excited about new things, but then I'm excited when I get an old thing or I I can get somebody something mm-hmm. that's old. You know, like. I have a friend that'll be like, oh, I'm looking for this. And I'm like, I got you. And then they can finish something, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. And so I just tried to do a little of everything. I was just like, after that break in, I was just like, I'm just going to kind of let the shop just be like me and whatever comes of it comes of it. I'm just going (laughs) to try to have fun with it. And it's been around for quite a while, hasn't it? Yeah, we've been around since 2005. So that's kind of weird that I've had business. Holy cow. You're, you're shop is almost an adult my shop's older than rea who comes and helps out a lot that kid okay we can just talk about that kid for a little while is awesome i remember seeing him uh i think for the first time 
when maybe when we were just out in California or something like that, but we rode at the uh, the full factory ramps after I think it was after the USA BMX championship in yeah. 2021. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would have probably been like 13 or 12. It, man, it couldn't have been. I don't know. It feels longer ago than that, but it, it could be. Yeah, just incredible at that point, and like younger, and then just watching get bigger and so much better at riding. Yeah, he he just moved to Portland, so he he lived out in the woods in Southern Oregon, um, and he'd ride the skate parks that were in some towns close to his, but he'd mainly just ride like a lot of his wood ramps and like right. this driveway. Now that he's moved to Portland, I mean, I've seen his level just jump. He's been here since the end of summer, and but just him riding like big quarter pipes and stuff. Like, I, I've seen him already progress a ton. He's he's a big dude now. You know, he's he just turned sixteen. He's probably six foot tall. He he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ari is awesome. He's he's a super good dude, and um, he's. You know, he comes from Southern Oregon and there's a rich, uh, there's a lot of, most of, a lot of the pro BMXers from Oregon come from Southern Oregon. You've got Josh White, you've got Chester Blacksmith, you've got Sean McIntosh, you've got uh, now REA, you know, and then there's been a lot of dudes that probably should have been pro. I mean, so, you know, he's coming from a, a good, uh, rich, you know, gnarly dude area yeah and uh yeah he's up here he's actually down snm he was down he's down in california right now he went down for that uh haro turkey jam thing oh yeah i saw that but i think he was flying home tonight um and then yeah Ari comes here and hangs out he's super into bmx everything bmx Ari still races yeah like, he's still races expert um he's still really i mean when you're 16x i mean he's not clipped in and he's not trying to be that dude at the national, but you know he he could maybe make a main at, at a national riding flats. I mean, I'm not saying he could, but he's still really fast. And you know, if you if you if you make a main at 16x, that's super gnarly, you know. Um, but I'm not saying he could. But he he's still really <laughs> fast. He, he rides dirt. He rides street. He rides park. Uh, he's super into like BMX history since he was like. Six years old, he's been getting old magazines and old videos from me and uh, studying them. I guess just watching them, you know, he 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 just watched videos and then he just put together his first like mid school bike. He uh, when he was eight, they he found a chromoly two hip pork frame. Whoa. And he's held on to it ever since. He loves it. And we just put it together for him. Um, and he. He like went to the skate park and was like tail whipping hips and stuff on it. That's like, so sick. But it's like set up like with seven and a quarter bars. Like, right. Um, I mean, it's real deal. Like survivor mid school. Like we're not completely done with it. We're gonna put a gyro and brakes on it. The but, fish uh, bones gyro. No fish bone gyro. <laughs> we want it to work. My well, one of my buddies growing up, who is like my older brother riding, he had a two hip pork and he put a fish bones gyro on nice. built it all up like it was sick though the the you do you remember the ufo gyros they oh. were out for a little mm-hmm. ian morris and a few dudes rode those and i was always curious about those but i never saw them 
in person. They were kind of bigger, like, you know, like the gyro plate. Oh, I'm looking at one right now. Yeah, that yeah. thing is enormous. It's really big, but I remember, like, Ian Morris and a few other dudes rode them for a while. And I haven't rode a gyro or a detangler. I rode a rotor more in my life than I have a gyro. Mm-hmm. I took my brakes, not my brakes off, I took my detangler off at, like, 14, maybe, yeah, like, 14, because I wanted to be, like, the dirt bro. So I was like, they don't need a detangler. I'm done riding flatland, you know, and (laughs) I took it off, and my bike's literally been kind of set up pretty much the same ever since. Four pegs, straight cable. There was a time in the 90s where sometimes I'd have a front brake on, but other than kind of really crappy nose wheelies and some nose picks over spines and a nose pick, I, I sucked at them, you know? Yeah. I tried a few half bar spins out and got gutted, and I was like, I'm good. Yeah, no doubt. It only takes one of those to be like, yeah, no, yeah, no more of those. We're so good with front brakes, and I put them back on to try to hang with, like, Bruce and Rich Hirsch and Matt Puro, you know, all the tech dudes. Cause they were riding, like, with Jason Enns and Asado and, you know, all these dudes, Greg Axford. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I'll get into the front brakes. And no, I suck. I suck at front brakes. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I could nose pick some quarters, and nose picking over a spine is always fun. But, like, yeah, when I started trying to throw the bars out and stuff, I it just that only happened a few times. And I was just like, this, no, I'm just going back to a straight cable in the back. Yeah, I get it. Totally. So, um, so I got a, qu- a couple questions here yeah, I yeah. want to throw out from the, the chat. So, let me scroll back here. Uh, they said Shad and Blueprint was dope. Was it Shad doing Surfs Up? Surfs Up? Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. Hmm. Chief asks this. I'm not sure. I don't know what. I don't know what Surfs Up. Is. I mean, sounds like a sick TNC Surf Designs T-shirt, but uh. Yeah. No, okay, I, so... I don't know what that. If that's another video, it wasn't me. Clarify, please, if you're still here. Uh, and then Adam Ortiz said, "Tell Shad to upload Sunday up, up and away, please." I think Sunday. I think Sunday already has that. I, I don't. I try not to. I mean, there's a few that that drip over where I posted up parts, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just on the the Sunday uh, YouTube channel. That video is awesome, though. There, I see a part for me and Shorts on there on the YouTube, but I don't know. That's the whole just thing what comes up on up there. On. I don't know. I just searched on Google. Real yeah, quick. I, I mean. Yeah, maybe. I, I try not to post stuff up if a company's already got it that's like a company still in business, you know? Yeah. Um, just because that, you know, I, I'm not trying to be like, yeah, we're taking, we're doing all this and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, I would have thought that Sunday would have had that up. But I mean, there are times like we just talked about, like where a company, maybe one of their older videos, the whole video will be up, but the parts aren't. And the dudes just want to watch a couple parts from up, you know, like. In Ian Schwartz part from Up Up and Away, you know, it's like post that up. Everybody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah. So what it looks like is that there's a lot of random channels that have uploaded parts from it. Even Sunday yeah. has Jake Seeley's part that was uploaded six years ago, but I don't see it in full on oh, weird. what it doesn't come up anyways. Um, yeah. So I had I, to go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's just one of those things. I think some of the companies should be better at that stuff because. I mean, that's their history, too, and they should protect it. And, you know, even right. maybe the dude's not on the team anymore, just be like, you should, you know, probably should have done it a long time ago, but get 
get those parts up so people can watch them separately, you know? Right. And I mean, you might as well get the views from that rather than, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad because this is probably somebody who, whose name means something in BMX, but the channel there, a couple of them are uploaded is mother Teresa BMX. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah. Rather than them getting the views, which yeah, is fine, I mean, but well, like, hopefully, hopefully one of the dudes over full factory here is it's like, yeah, we'll just pop the rest of these things up, you know? Cause mm -hmm. Jim Selinski had that super dope part on there, didn't he? Like where it's he's on like, here, I see it. I okay, like... yeah, like he did the bar spin through the little the little uh, square cage that was the cover of Dig in that, and a few things. I th I think that was that one. That was like a super good Jim C part, I believe. Yeah, it's it's up here on a different channel, but it's there. It would yeah. be great to see it all in one place. And I mean, everybody is trying to upload on youtube these days company wise yeah, yeah. so like why that gives you something else to post and to to give anyone like maybe ease some fears about copyright stuff unless it is by a song by a, a like whose own how do i want to say this the companies that own the rights are total jerks you're going to be fine like yeah it doesn't yeah. matter I mean, it it you i mean if I mean, I've been posting stuff on YouTube and Vimeo, you know, from having the shop for a long time. And it, it's usually like, a, it's got to be like Prince or like, you know, someone crazy. Mm -hmm. The Ramones as well. You know, like most stuff clears, you know. I mean, no one that's got, if people think people have got YouTube channels and they're making a bajillion dollars, they're crazy. Yeah. It takes you... so much to, you know. Even yeah. probably like when the come up was hitting hard, Adam probably wasn't making a ton of money, you know, like when, and I'm thinking that was like when that, that channel was probably the most raging channel at one point, you know, there in the, in the mid tens, you know, mm -hmm. like people, I think sometimes think people can make more on you. My, my YouTube makes like a hundred dollars, like every six months, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's, you know, it's like, it, it does nothing, you know, it's just, it's just there it's more like my YouTube is literally there for selfish reasons, just so I can go watch videos in one place and be like, Oh, I want to watch monsters of suburban high life. I'll just go to my channel and watch one of my favorite videos, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, there's, I just, it makes perfect sense to have companies upload their videos to their own channels. Yeah. I, but I do think there are some companies, not Sunday, Sunday, and the guys full factory usually, you know, they do a good job. Mm -hmm. But there, you know, there are some companies that are just like companies that you'll see them do a video and it's posted on some other person's YouTube channel. You're like, what? Why aren't you guys? Yeah. You know, and usually that's sometimes a a writer that'll be like my age or a little older that's just not understanding how that is nowadays. You know. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's always a disconnect in BMX is sometimes when you get older, you stop listening to younger writers because you want to be like this is the way it's got to be it's got to be this way and it's like mm -hmm. no just it's it's their way it's your way it's everybody's way um yeah but just... if you want people to see your way you've got to you've got to jump through the hoops <laughs> right yeah you you, you got to make it easier on yourself especially yeah. in the future with things um yeah it's just going to get more and more like this you know all right exactly which is awesome because we'll get more and more videos and more and more awesome stuff to enjoy when you like bmx but at the same time i mean i feel like i'm pretty adept for a dude my age but i have friends that are a little younger and you'll be like oh just go here and look at it and they're like what <laughs> 
you yeah. know, and you're like, dude, you're like 39 right now. Like you come on. Like, I'm like, I know how to do this. And I didn't turn a computer on until I was 29. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I never even did anything on a computer till I was 29. Yeah. It reminds me of my parents. They were like, they started out with like, I'm not putting my credit card in the internet. Now, <laughs> now they're both sitting in their chair with their iPads. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> my parents, well, I grew up super like in the country and they were, my dad was like a logger and stuff and they're like, we don't need a computer. And then I remember the kids at computer school where you're just like, Oh, that's the nerdy kids that are there playing like video games. <laughs> and I was, I think two years after me or a year after me is when you had to take mandatory typing in computer classes, but it wasn't a thing for me. So I never took it. Yeah. And then, um, I remember like at 29, rich made me like get an email. He's like, <laughs> rich is like, you need to get an email. And That's funny. yeah, then he showed me how to turn on the computer and all this stuff. <laughs> so isn't it wild to think about how like kids today are just they're raised with it from the time oh, they're yeah, a baby, yeah. but people who grew up with it and saw the progression of things, it's like oh wild. yeah, yeah. No, they always freaked me out a little. Like I mean, it doesn't anymore. But like when I was younger, like I was like. Oh, computer, you know, I'm like, huh. <laughs> all right. Like, uh, you know, but yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, if you watch me type, you can definitely tell I didn't uh, learn how in school. That's so good. Um, so. There was a clarification. Apparently, I think he, he said shirt video, but I think he meant short video. That's called Surf's Up. No, that wasn't me. I I mean, I'd like to see that video since it's a video I haven't seen. Yeah. But, uh. Nope, I didn't do any video called Surf's Up. I mean, the videos I've been kind of involved in are, you know, the ones I mentioned, Bestiality, which I always feel embarrassed saying the name, <laughs> but, you know, we were teenagers. Uh, Friend Between My Legs, Blueprint. Um, I helped film for a lot of the early infection videos. I don't know if you're familiar with that series. I'm not um, sure. Pacific Northwest series. Uh, we're actually, the, Scott Hagnes, uh, Flatlander from up here, um, he had a lot to do with kind of the Northwest BMX scene, did a lot of awesome videos, like that whole infection series. And we're going to start posting them up on, on snake bite. He nice. did six full videos and then he did a nine, what we called local videos with like the leftover footage. And, um, his big, his normal videos got distributed by uh, sandbox, which was Steve Inge. Oh, sweet. They so they got around back in the day. No one really saw the local videos, which was like the leftover footage. And we always talked about doing a like, Pacific Northwest box set, you know, with like his videos, my videos, and a few of the mm -hmm. others. But it's kind of worthless now. It's just like, just we'll post them up and everybody can enjoy them, you know. So he's going to dig out the uh, masters, and I'm going to start posting them up once a week here soon. Nice. That's awesome. And there's a lot of early Jason N's and like Asado and stuff like when they were – you know, a lot of dudes, you know, from up here, like when they were really young, like, so that is so cool. I've never even thought about that aspect of things, seeing the progression of ends or Osado. Well, cool. it's, it, I don't even know. I think they've just been good since the womb. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> like enough. the first time I saw, so the first time I saw Davis Otto, here's, here's my Davis Otto thing. Okay. It was it was 94 and it was my first time we went to Canada to Nelson for this contest and I was 17. Uh, Dave, I think he's a few months younger than me. He's, he probably was 17. So we go to this contest and in my head, you know, BMX was like 
still like ride on. Like I came from a little town, so I just moved to Eugene and was starting to see other things, but you know, the, there was no internet. So you just learn from videos. Mm-hmm. We watched ride on all the time. So BMX was kind of stuck in 1990, 91 for me. <laughs> so I'm doing like fakey wall rides, big fakey airs, trying to 180 the box jump, you know, like fast plants. Asado shows up. He has a Kuahara Magician Pro from 87 with stuff welded on it to make it stronger. He has slam bars with like plates welded under it so they can't bend down. <laughs> and uh, he, his first trick right out the gate, I believe, so that the back of the contest uh there was like a 10 foot quarter and an eight foot quarter and uh he goes up and does a canadian on the eight foot which to me i would have lost i'd have been like this is crazy to full bar whoa i mean he's the first one to do those and he just did it this contest on an eight foot quarter pipe and me seeing that you know and i think a lot of dudes seeing that then you were just like oh this is where we're at right now (laughs) uh you know we're not you know, uh, dirt bro street riding or, you know, maybe, uh, riding mini ramp, like it, not the dudes in ride on weren't riding mini ramp good, but it just went to a whole nother level, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember ends riding that contest doing variations like, and ending it with like two to half bar spins and stuff. And, uh, you were just like, Oh, I've got a lot to work on right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, so, but yeah, there's a lot of footage of, of those dudes in, in those videos. So I'm going to definitely have to pay attention to see those. If you want to watch one on there right now, that's got a lot of footage from, uh, Canada and like the Seattle Bellingham area from back in the day, watch burnt toast. Burnt toast. Sky Stewart was the main one kind of put together, but it's really good. I think it's 94, but there's, you most people won't, won't recognize its ends. He's wearing a full face in a lot of it, but there's his ends, Asado, a lot of the basic guys, a lot of, I mean, the, the Seattle dudes like Toast and Pat Jubert were, I mean, if they were in SoCal, they'd have been like super pros for street back then, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that video's pretty sick. So. Just added it to my watch later. Yeah, it, it's a fun one. Hell yeah. So, what has it been like? seeing all of the different like generations that have come up throughout like your life in Portland or in Oregon even um it's been pretty cool I mean I I think about it sometimes because like where I first grew up I grew up in Prineville Oregon it's like central like this middle of the city it's just a little cowboy town um and I was lucky enough that the city let us build a skate like me and my buddies uh I've had a skate park there since 89 and it's still there. Whoa. They let us build wood ramps. And then when I graduated high school and we couldn't maintain them, they built these horrible metal ramps. And then Dreamland just came in and they made the park twice as big and made it a cement park. So that town actually has the oldest skate park in the state, either than the 70s one in Coos Bay that you'll get shot at with rock salt if you go there. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, so we always had that. So dudes would come ride once in a while with us so we were pretty lucky with that and then when i got 16 i started riding in bend with a few of my older friends and the first dudes i saw kind of come up was ryan sure and ian monroe because they both grew up in bend and were little racer kids so when we'd be riding street around they'd come find us and i mean i love them both they're two two of my great friends through life but 
they were just a little annoying racer kids where you were like, you know, I was like 16, so they were probably like 13 or 12, and you're like, yo, dudes, <laughs> we're trying to ride here. Yeah. But, so those were the first dudes that I remember kind of blowing up, and then I moved to Eugene, and then we started just making the videos, and I remember like uh, Chris Iman from the Seattle area. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. He started doing kind of good at some dirt circuits. You know, he'd go, so you were like, oh, our buddy over there is doing good you know and kind of see him going and i mean asado was kind of the first person i knew that just blew up into like a superstar you know it was like he went from just being a dude you you're like oh that's that really good insanely good dude from the scene up north to like i saw him at the worlds two years after i saw met him at nelson and he was pro for Schwinn and I think he won the world's mini ramp and you're like whoa dude you've came a long way in two years you know yeah but uh yeah it it's cool I mean you kind of see people go up and then you know er, you know er, everybody's time will kind of come back down and um I mean like if you look at REA and there's a couple other little not little kids just dudes that you're like all right this dude can do it you know Mm -hmm. if you want and there's always dudes that can do it if they want, but some dudes don't want to either. You know, right. some dudes are just happy just riding. So, but it, it's cool. I mean, it's, I remember when Chester Blacksmith started coming around and Chet was just, had the worst bike and stuff. And he was just the most fearless rider I've ever seen in my life. That's so you know, awesome. Not to mention just being an awesome dude, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, that's definitely one name I'm familiar with. Just incredible riding oh chester's just yeah he he just came in he's building up a race bike him and his little dude are gonna start racing so oh it's only a matter of time before the freestyle comes back well he he, well yeah the little dude and chet's been riding a little you know he's got three kids now so he's he's in dad mode and stuff but um yeah i mean that dude amazing bike rider awesome person and uh yeah he's he he's he's one of a kind yeah this is what i love about seeing all these people who are coming back into bmx is that you have people who are just absolutely incredible that for whatever reason fell out now maybe they had a kid and their kid's getting old enough to ride and they're like oh i want the kid to ride too so we're gonna I'm going to pull out my bike and then I'm going to ride it once and realize that my bars are way too short and it's way too heavy. And I'm going to go to goods BMX and get a new bike and we're going to ride together. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, and it's probably all over the, I mean, I think there's all over the country. There's so many dudes with kids now that are just starting to rip, you know? Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know even my buddies, I have some friends in Japan, and I see dudes that have kids over there that rip. You know, they'll be like little flatlanders that are mm-hmm. like, you're like, how are you this good at nine? You know, <laughs> like, so. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I I love seeing, you know, the situation with like Doyle getting on S&M and yeah. Nasty being on S&M and Biz and, and all these guys who are familiar names to the people who are going to be coming back into BMX or already did. And I think it's just a a thing coming full circle that is amazing to watch happen. And riders like that should be appreciated. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been saying that since, you know, the early two thousands, because I wanted to see dudes that I knew still were riding 
be appreciated, like a Brian Blyther, mm-hmm. Vaughn Wilkerson, you know, a Dominguez, or, you know, dudes that you're like, this dude still rips, like, why? It, you know, sometimes with BMX media, and BMX media is way different now, you know, it's more in the hands of the people than it was before. Mm-hmm. And there's good and bad things with that, you know? Um, but, you know, it's like sometimes they'd be like, well, this dude hasn't won a contest for this, but it's like, the dude's got good style. He's got good style. Like, and dudes that are still riding, I, I, I still associate more with those riders than I do with other riders. Right. You know, your age, you probably, I don't know how old you are. I'm assuming you're like close to 30 or early thirties or late twenties. You're good. 29. Okay. But you probably associate more with a Doyle or a Chester or a Biz because that was dudes that were like there for your coming up and, you know, going through everything, you know? Yeah. Maybe more like, you know, Taj or a Keith Trainer, maybe when you were really young or something, you know, like. I'm a little weird with mine because I grew up, and this is the reason why I had to apologize for not being well read, is because growing up riding, I didn't watch videos. Yeah, no, and, it's fine. And I didn't. The only people who I really knew who they were was uh, Scotty Kramer, and then there was the people in the 2006 Dirty East contest video from the Flow. Okay. And other than that, it was just the people who rode at my local park, which were all like incredible at the time. Everybody is doing crazy stuff every single session. And was that early 2000s Ohio? Yeah, I started in 2006 and for whatever yeah, reason, so, yeah. it was just craziness yeah, in the, this one little town. Yeah, the Ohio scene. I mean, I feel like the Ohio scene from like 98, I mean, I'm sure I I don't know what's going on now there, but I mean, I do remember though about like 98 to like, you know, well on, you know, it it always had dudes coming out or if I'd go on a road fools trip and we'd go through like, like we'd stop at the flow or mm-hmm. Chenga two or something you'd be like whoa dude yeah. they're really good here you know like yeah yeah but to get to the point of what I was saying it was just like I the people that I looked up to when I started riding all the way up until I started like making videos that people wanted to watch yeah were the people local to me yeah well that's I mean but that's just that's what you were that's what kind of what you were fed what you were given so that's mm-hmm. what you hold on to you know yeah but, but oh go ahead i was just gonna say most other people who actually watch videos and stuff the names you listed definitely are the ones yeah i mean though i i just feel like if i'm riding and that dude's riding i'm still a pain consumer to the bmx industry yep um and i do think sometimes the bmx industry puts so much which granted that it is a big core but so much weight on like it's even going down to like eight-year-olds but you know like the 14 to 21 year old range mm-hmm. um which you're like that's great but i'm looking around and i'm like there's so many dudes that are older too that you're not even giving like five percent of that attention you know dudes that have have money that want to spend money yep and they're not given anything to spend the money on. This year, I mean, granted, you could probably talk to some of the dudes who have done BMX books lately, like Bill Batchelor or Jared Sony um, or Mark Noble um, with all yeah. those BMX books. Those dudes have done really well with those books because there's a market for them. And there's a lot of dudes who are still writing that are like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry to spend money on BMX on something I want. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. You know? 
Yep, the Haro and, bikes. Yeah, I mean, I have that's what my daily rider is a Haro Master uh, off the 1990 Zolotone because my favorite bikes are bikes with bash guards because it makes me feel like uh, that's why I rode in high school. Yeah. And now when I have a bike with a bash guard and I look down, I'm like, oh, I have a bike with a bash guard. And I just <laughs> smile really big. Yeah. You know, it makes me happy to look down and have a bike makes me feel kind of like I did when I was 15. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that happens for every generation. And it's like, let's keep making those, but let's keep making bikes with 12 inch back ends. Let's, you know, I'm happy to see that there's more options for trail bikes, you know? Yeah. It's like BMX is big. It's broad. It's like, let, let's let it all in, you know? Um, and not, don't get mad at one group because they're not doing what your group's doing, you know? Right. It can all exist. And I think that, uh, part of this is because BMX is a young enough, sport hobby passion obsession whatever you want to call it that the people who are the oldest who are doing it are the guys who are like starting bmx as like freestyle yeah i mean you can still find dudes that are racing and some dudes that are still riding freestyle that have been there from the beginning you know right and and uh what i was getting at with that is that bmx is still learning it's not basketball or a sport that's been around for 500 years so like we're learning that yes you can probably still make like the haro reissue bikes or things like that and support older riders and it does work like you're not gonna kill everything by doing that yeah and i i mean i I see those bikes around i sold those bikes i mean i'm sure you've seen dudes riding the haros or or you know colony did that ozone rip off because ozone's out of business but to dudes my age, Ozone's like the grail bike because they had the dopest team in like the late 80s, early 90s, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I I could count on my hand. I mean, I'm lucky they're not making more retro bikes, you know, because they made <laughs> other bikes that were like ones that tug at my heartstrings. I mean, I'd be screwed. Like if they made a modern bully with a bash guard, game over. Yeah. Like it's, it was one of the crappiest bikes because RL – Osborne kind of got screwed when he went to Taiwan and they did that to a lot of people that lie about what material it was made out of. Yeah. But at the time and still to this time, it's one of the prettiest bikes to look at, you know, just the, the lines and the angles on it. And I know that's me going extreme BMX nerd talking about how a bike looks, but that's the level I'm at. You're not the only one is what you're No, no, I know I'm not. You know, like, so there's a reason why that would, that could make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, all those make sense. New bikes makes. I mean, the BMX industry sometimes really will hold itself back, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's good to see people get a little out of the out of their comfort zone and try something, um, and see that it does good. Yeah, and I hope it happens more. I think BMX is starting to realize that. Yeah, we can, you know, help support some of these. Yeah older guys and also you know the reason that you do that is partially because it helps you with the other older guys that still ride um sorry i just got totally distracted from our bmx says yeah shad rumor has it that you were present for the ben hucky dinosaur hand plant can can did he pull it and why didn't you film it (laughs) so i mean if you want to get into that i'll get into it we keep let's do it why not yeah so ben did pull that I wasn't there that day. Him and Jared Sony were there. Uh, we can go over a couple things. Ben is an amazing bike rider. Mm-hmm. So 
secondly, Ben can hand plant that dinosaur in his sleep all the time. Jared, not really. He's just a hard ass old school BMX rider. He would never let something go up like that. Like that would be against all of his, you know, morals to, to post something like that. Um, two of my buddies were there. My buddy, Marty McFarlane, old school vert dude still rides. My buddy Matt was there. Both of them saw him do it. Ben was riding for the shop then. It was like right before. It was like literally weeks before he got on Dan's comp. Mm-hmm. And we were starting to film a Welcome to Goods edit. You know, and Ben and I have been friends since he was a like really young. And uh, we went there to film it one day. And I mean, all my tape, all my tapes are thrown just in these things. I just pull them out. So we go there and we're gonna film it. And uh, Ben's like, it took me. Qu- Quite a few tries for Jared. He goes, but we'll, we'll get her. So he starts doing it. And first few ones he does, hand plant, can, can, lands, and just puts his foot next to his pedal. Mm-hmm. To where you're like, oh, he can do, you, you know, where you're like, you can do Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. He's got the whole motion. He's just got to stomp it. I think he got a shinner. And then we literally got rained out. It just started raining. And we're like, we'll come back and get it. It wasn't even a thing. We're like, we know we can come back and get it. Mm-hmm. We'll keep working on the project. Uh, like literally a week later, Ben's on Dan's comp. And we just never, we never did anything with it. And to be honest, we never even thought, because I think no one up here thought it was that big a deal because we'd see Ben hand plant that thing all the time. Yeah. Dudes have done hand plant bar spins. Dudes have done all these things. So we didn't really think, oh, Ben doing a hand plant can-can was really that, I mean, it's an amazing trick and the cover was awesome. Mm -hmm. But we never thought that it was like a bigger thing than it was because we're like, of course Ben can do that. Ben, you know? Yeah. And that was right at that time where no one really had video on their phones. It was right before then. Mm -hmm. And lots of dudes have had covers before that were never, never in video. Joe Rich doing the Fufanu at the Primo compound back in the day. Um, Our, well, our BMX, but I know Ryan wasn't there then, but ride ran a cover of a, Oh, shoot. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They nice. ran a cover of uh, Jerry Bagley. Not hating on Jerry Bagley. Jerry's super nice. Always been very nice to me when I met him. Doing a tail whip from picnic table to picnic table. And he stomps his foot on it. It's at the end of Mosh Easy Style. They ran that as a cover. That's on video, him not pulling. No one gives Jerry Bagley shit, you know? Yeah. Um. But people, I think, like, people like to give Hucky shit, but Hucky pulled it. Like, you know, dudes can say he didn't. They want to hate on Ben. You know, oh, Ben had one of the sickest covers ever. I'm going to hate on him. But it's, like, two legit dudes that I know who would never lie about that said they were there. Mm-hmm. Jared Sony wouldn't lie about that. He was there. Ben, watch him ride. He's good enough. <laughs> you know, and I, I saw him come damn near close when he went back to film it, so... You know, and I have this conversation with lots of dudes. They'll come down. They'll be like, "Did Ben pull that?" I'm like, <laughs> what do you think? Like, like what world did, did Ben go around faking? I mean, he's he's not Fred Blood, and no one only old dudes are gonna get that. But Fred Blood, which he was still an okay bike rider, and he was a pro roller skater in the early '80s. He rode for General, but he was known for posing photos back in the '80s, mm. flatland photos. But Ben, like, look at he did crazy. Ben did everything, and like he he's so good. When people under you know just want to act like he couldn't do this one trick that he could do ninety percent of it every time, either than the can can. It's like, come on, guys. 
I almost feel like, and this might be a hot take here, but I almost feel like saying that Ben Huckey didn't land that trick is like when people say that they hate Nickelback. I mean, yeah, it just, I mean, it's turning to more, I think half the dudes even do it. Like, I've talked to, like, Charlie about it. I've talked to Catfish about it. I think they like the idea of just posting it because the, the memes are funny. Ben even, Ben's like, that's funny. You know, like, yeah. but it's like, if you're really doubting his bike skills or if he did it and the dude's involved, come on, yeah. you know, like, and then we, there's so many, and literally if people are like, why didn't he film it on his phone? It's like, well, look at the year on it. Really no one, it was like another year and a half or so before people really started having cameras on their phone. Yeah. Instagram, I think it just started then and it was just pictures. Mm-hmm. So what year would yeah. that have been? I want to say, I, I honestly, I, is it that might be 2010? Yeah, dude. I mean, the iPhone literally came out in 2007. Yeah, it could be wrong. It could be like 2011, but I mean, Ben was on Sputnik. Yeah. You know, and that's been a while. Yeah. You know, he was on Sputnik, but I mean, dudes always want something to, to chat about it, you know, but there's lots of covers that were never in videos. And I think there's lots of covers that didn't get, but there's lots of ads. I mean, we talked about Asado a bunch and I love Dave, but there's that demolition ad with him doing the Canadian. Oh, on the he didn't pull that. I just learned that recently. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and I don't think Dave was happy that that ad got ran either. Um, but I know Dave, I know he came really close to pulling that, but he didn't pull it, you know, but no one, no one's going to go to Asado about that stuff. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, which, of course, you shouldn't. It's Dave Asado. But it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, but to underestimate, you know, Ben's skills, it's just like, come on, guys. May 2010 was the cover. Yeah. So then I think that got shot in the fall of 2009, you know, because you got to think about how magazines worked then. Mm -hmm. Right. It had um, to have been ahead of time. I want to say it was the fall of 2009 because it was starting to be our rainy season was starting. I know it was about to roll over into fall, you know, and when we went to film it and that's why we got rained out. So he did that in 2009. So did I hear you correctly in saying that you have footage of almost pulled attempts? Somewhere. I mean, if oh that tape's there, I literally have a box of like 300. I mean, one day I'll pull it and I'll post up the raw footage on snake bite. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Ben, I've been like Ben. I mean, Ben doesn't, he has a bike. He doesn't, he, he, you know, he does, he has a kid. He does lots of other things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, man, I go, you could literally break. Oh my BMX God. One day. Just went and did that and just like posted it on your Instagram. Like bink, like didn't say anything. Bink. <laughs> no <laughs> caption, no nothing. Oh my, can you imagine? Like, don't say nothing. Just post it and then be like, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, post it with a, a microphone. He's like, he's like, I don't. He he he's like, I don't need to do that. He's like, I. He goes, that's not why I ride. That's not why I rode. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, so which, I get it. You know. Yeah. Regardless, it's a fun conversation to have. Oh, I love. No, it's a great conversation. <laughs> All the, dude, they're super fun. I mean, like, but yeah, anybody that's like doubting it, it's like, come on, guys. Okay. On. Is there any more of these like BMX? urban legend or m conspiracy type things that have gone around 
Um, I mean, I don't know any more like covers. I do know from what I've heard, this is, and this is more for old heads like me is, uh, you, you're familiar with go magazine back in the day. Yeah. Heard of it. So the last issue, the second to last issue of go was the famous cover of Dave Clymer carving the pools at the nude bowl. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Uh, you can type it in. It's, it's an awesome cover. Uh, He's on a yellow home, so the bolt-on bash guard, got an American flag helmet, wheelie carving over the stairs at the nude bowl. Now, back then, BMX was dead, and GT, and not hate, this is nothing to go with GT. GT does a lot for BMX, and I, yeah. GT is one of my favorite brands. I'm like a, you know, I grew up loving Josh White. I I mean, look, right there's an 86 GT World Tour on my wall, like, but they ran so many ads and go, that I heard that the wizard publications had to run by who they were putting on the cover because they paid so much for ads and wizard got sick of having to post just GT Auburn Robinson riders, you know, or whatever in that thing. And they posted up this Dave Clymer one, which S and M was ruffling a lot of feathers then, you know, um, and they told, and GT came back and told them if they do something like that again, they're going to pull their advertising. And then I heard the guys at Wizard like, we're gonna post who put whoever we want on the cover. And this is pro this is what I've heard. I'm sure other dudes are like, well, close, you know. But they told them we're gonna put whoever we want on the cover just because you're an advertiser doesn't mean you can dictate how we set up the magazine. Mm -hmm. They pulled all their ads and the magazine went under. Oh no. Yeah. So uh, that's why, from what I've heard, why Go has went out a bit went out of business back in the day. Wow. I mean. Well, that's the ultimate, like, there you go. <laughs> you know, and GT's, like, ran by different people. This is no hated GT. You know, it's like... No, this is a fun urban legend in Yeah, and BMX. even if it happened, you're like, fucking, jeez, hella power move. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> damn. Christmas. You know, like, so... But that cover, go look at that Go cover. Oh, I pulled it up one already. one of the best BMX covers ever. I already pulled it up and showed it while you were talking. It oh, okay. Is freaking sweet yeah and that's when dave Clymer was kind of going from a double a pro racer to like more of a freestyle contest dude which you know there's another dude that probably should be in the hall of fame because he has a rich racing resume and a rich freestyle resume you know not quite you know obviously not i mean brian foster's kind of got the same thing i mean climbers on a whole different little thing but he's done enough of my eyes where he should probably be in the bmx hall of fame you know i don't know when but it's like hopefully not 2050 yeah but to speak <laughs> on this cover this is shot at a time way 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 before digital so like they probably they had no idea that this is what they had until they went back and got the film done. oh yeah i mean well that's how it all was back then i mean i think that was a brad mcdonald shot cover i don't think it was a spike jones i think spike had kind of already stepped out mm -hmm. and was starting to shoot some skate stuff and do music videos i think that's a brad mcdonald cover yeah and uh yeah, I mean, Brad, that he got to shoot that era, which is one of my favorite eras, from like 90 to like 94, when, you know, kind of like BMX died, and it was right before, you know, up to when the X game started, when everything kind of came back. And that, to me, is a very special time in BMX, you know? Like, it, it just, it feels awesome. The bikes are just barely put together, and you're trying to make them do way more than they should. Yeah. Um. So whenever you see somebody doing something on one of those bikes, you're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> you're really going for it. 
Yeah, oh my, that is like terrifying to think about. Yeah, there, have you ever seen that climber clip? It's in the old 70s video, Unlock Your BMX, um, which has got a great Ian Morris section in it. Like Ian's like, I think still on GT, maybe part of S&M, but like where he's starting kind of his first backward rails and stuff. But the one of the first backyard jams, they always had those chasm jumps. Mm. And uh, climber tries flipping. I mean, the jump was probably like, I mean, back then with a flat pedal run up, it's probably like 40 feet or something. Oh my God. And dudes are just starting to flip things. Like, and he try he almost flips this thing. And the way they filmed it is it's zoomed in on his eyes and he's just like, looks like he's been up for like seven days and he might have been and he's just, yeah. And then it just pans out and he just tries this enormous flip. It's so if you haven't watched unlock your BMX, look it up on YouTube. It's awesome. It sounds awesome. It sounds worth watching. I think there's some footage, of, some footage of Baz keep doing a backflip at like 11 years old. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> sick. Like you, you see all these kids who are amazing, like the flatland kids in Japan you were talking about earlier. And yeah. I mean, how much of that existed back then? You say Baz keep doing a flip at 11. I think, well, I mean, Mira was kind of one of the first, Mira, Eben Krakow, uh, Scotty Freeman. There were kids out there that, you know, were prodigy kids, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I'm sure there were way more that just some dudes just never made it because they lived out in the middle of nowhere or something. Right. Um, but nowadays you get to see them more because of how social media and stuff works. Like, right. um, but I mean, Mira was definitely there and, and I mean, Eben and I are friends and he's probably gonna be like, come on, dude. Like, but Eben was one of those dudes at 15, still going as high as pros, mm -hmm. you know, and then. Scotty Freeman was kind of like that when he was on the Skyway team as a Flatlander, you know, and then he kind of stepped away around like 90, you know, but these dudes were like very young kids riding way above, you know, their age level. And that's existed forever. It's definitely going, it's just naturally going to exist more now because of the accessibility of things. And the bikes working better for them, you know. Yeah, that too. The bikes fitting them like you know like you had like i mean back then the bikes were still smaller but the bike geometry in the 80s was weird i mean the bikes were little but <laughs> you were still like struggling to you know i bet you like mira could probably air six feet but probably could barely bunny hop that bike up the two stair because of how he was very small you know like because yeah i remember when i got my first freestyle bike I could do a fair amount of flatland tricks, but I couldn't bunny hop. And it, in hindsight, it wasn't, I thought I sucked, but it wasn't that I sucked. It's like I had a bike with mags, you know, some mid eighties geometry. And I was the skinniest little 12, 13 year old that I just couldn't muscle that bike up yet mm -hmm. until I got a bigger, you know? Yep. And BMX hadn't figured out the geometry yet. No, they had. They didn't know anything. <laughs> I mean, you're riding a bike with like an 18 and three quarter to maybe a 19 and a quarter to 19 and a half inch top tube, and a 15 and a quarter back end. Oh, jeez, that's you insane know? to think about trying to bunny hop something with that long of a rear end and that short of a front end. I, I mean, when I was in high school, I had a Wilkerson Airlines, and I could bunny hop that over like 
you know those round plastic tables that are like, in front of cafes those round plastic ones that they'll mm-hmm. have like i used to bunny hop those all the time in my town on a bike with like that geometry that's crazy that probably weighed like 30 well, at the bash grid. that bike probably weighed like 36 pounds and being realistic you know but i bunny hop it all the time I, I mean, I guess there's just something to be said about like that's all you have, that's what you know, that's what you just. Do well, I it think with. the new geometry makes it where kids can. We we actually had a conversation about that the other day. I think people can bunny hop higher nowadays because the bikes work better. Mm-hmm. And if you watch a lot of older dudes bunny hop, you're doing it straight between your legs. You know, you're going, you're maxing out as high as you can. Yeah. The highest I've ever done, like on one of those height bars, was 44, 45. Damn. And I think dudes do like. 50 now probably I yeah think two is, is the 52 the record that's what i was going to say yeah i think brock but did some a lot of dudes do it up on the side to where they can pull that bike up even higher right and uh i just think the way the bikes are set up it makes it easier for those bikes to move around and get them out of the way yeah yeah it totally makes sense and you know since we're talking about older bikes now you also one of your other things that you do is collect bikes yeah, you went- I mean, I I just, I, I started, uh, the first old school, like after I'd been riding a long time, the first old school bike I'd gotten, I got an 87 Hot Pink GT from some dudes when I first opened the shop in 2005. A dude came in with it and was like, do you want to buy this? And I bought it for like $70. Nice. You know, that bike nowadays is probably like, you could probably sell for $3,500. Good investment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I just was like, oh. And then my buddy Gary, who runs BMX Museum, mm. he lived two blocks from the old shop, old good spot. We've been friends forever. And uh, then I just started. I remember I then I got a bully because I wanted a bully because I had one when I was younger. And I always, and it just, you know, that bug started catching. And yeah, now I have like 30 bikes. <laughs> That's so sick. You know, together and not together. Like th- some of them are finished, some aren't. Um, I'm kind of, once I finish some of these bikes, I'm kind of just where I'm working on, I want to just work on history bikes. Like, I'm starting to collect parts for Bruce's X Games bike. Um, I have mean... Rob Sigurdy's prototype two-hip big boy that I'm trying, I'm going to eventually get back to the way he had it set up. Um, so I just want to get bikes that, like that, that, you know, a, a little more sentimental or there's a little more meaning to them, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's definitely something that, and you should cover that on YouTube too. Cause I know yeah, you I, make some I videos. Up, I, I just was like, I'm like, I would want to watch a video like this. So I'll start making them. And sometimes I rush them a little and sometimes they're actually, I think fun, but I do like vintage BMX builds and like what projects I'm working on. And those actually yeah. get pretty good. You know, my channel, our channel's not crazy you know, some crazy powerhouse channel, but dudes, I'll get a lot of comments, a lot of likes. Dudes will be like, Hey, like one dude saw us building up this RL 20 B, this red line. And I was trying to build up like how like Pete Augustine's bike would have felt like in 1990. Mm-hmm. It's really shitty looking. I like my bikes to be like, look like it was your friend's bike and you had them in your yard, like real riders bikes. I don't want mm. these like purpley pink, stupid bikes. You see all over Instagram from <laughs> dudes that don't ride. <laughs> like I mean, bikes were that color, but these dudes go crazy, you know. Yeah. But uh, some dude in like New Zealand's like putting together an RL twenty B. He's like, oh man, you inspired me to get this bike going, and you know, it's like, so it's like cool. I'll just keep posting these videos. It's fun, 
finding weird bikes and some dudes have reached out like I have in the shop we'll probably do a video on it soon we started one my buddy Matt um, on Instagram he's ruckus Matt he's like a big mid-school collector we've got Van Homan's prototype mean street that he tail up the snake run at Kona here in a box oh All damn what so we'll be doing that on the channel um yeah just uh you know just I, I just finished up one of uh, Jeremy Davis, who was one of the original riders for metal. I finished up. He had one medal left, like three quarters of the bike, and we redid it for him. He was like one of my best friends. So we just did a little. That one wasn't too much to get done, but we did a little video on that one. So those are always fun. Um, I think it kind of started. I put together like Josh White's last BMX bike he owned. It was like sitting in a backyard, and I like Josh was one of my favorite riders. So I got the bike all going for him again. That's so sick. And I think people just love to see those types of things. Yeah. Uh, that reminded me, too, just when you said talking about those videos and stuff. Like, one video I still get comments on is there's a guy in Florida, Alex Lepak. He has one of Van Homan's frames from Criminal Mischief. Yeah. And, and so, like, that's – and a whole bunch of other older – bikes and frames and stuff too and we just did a video talking about them and people still comment on that somewhat oh yeah regularly i, I need to do one i just have i want to do it when vic comes here i have vic murphy's i bought from him like 10 years ago the frame from you know the famous one foot tabletop photo of him yeah i talked about your video on that oh, okay. on my news video one time okay yeah so i have that frame uh talking with Vic and Brad Blanchard, I rebuilt the bike exactly how he had it in that photo. Yeah. And it's here in the shop. Um and I need to do a video on it, but Vic usually comes through every summer on a tour, so I want to do one with Vic. Mm. You know, of him riding around the bike. Um but that's one of the crazier like history bikes I have, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have Davis Sato's prototype Schwinn signature Whoa. frame that never came out. Um that he did like the in his interview the tail whip manual tail whip on, I think he did the first tail whip fufanu on it. It's wow. like in Road Fools nine, Road Fools eight, the one they rode mirror bars on. The history. Of I that. had that bike. Uh, Somebody asked uh, Brody William. He lives up in Canada. Asked, doesn't Shad have a sick Miron build from ninety four ish? So I have, I had a Schwinn. It wasn't Jay's. It wasn't Jay's bike, but I had one of those those Schwinn builds. Um, John Bolgens at Haro rode one of those forever. Mm. And John and I are buddies. And uh, he knew I had it. And I wasn't partial to it. I just had it built up with basic stuff. Built it kind of look like Jay's bike did. Mm -hmm. um, but John really wanted it. And John's, you know, he's a collector like me. And I knew it meant more to him, you mm. know? Yeah. Uh, so we traded some stuff. And um, he's, because he likes building up, <clears throat> excuse me, bikes like he had, I think he's trying to build up all of his old bikes. Yeah. <clears throat> so he has it now. Um, I do have a photo with Miron sitting on it, which makes me pretty happy. That's sick. Uh, Jay came, Jay, Jay's, you know, he, he, whenever he's in Portland, he usually stops by the shop. He was here like about a month ago. Nice. Uh, yeah. One years back, he came to the shop and I have a photo of him sitting on, on that Schwinn. And he was like, how the hell did I ride these things? <laughs> That's it, so funny. That bike's got the it, that bike. I've tried riding it at a skate park, and I don't know how, how him and Asado and those dudes rode those bikes. They were crazy. The even sh that prototype Asado Schwinn here, 
they just ride. They're just so much to it. And I've rode, you know, I rode like a two hip stout boy and stuff back in the day. I rode beefy bikes, but they're just, I don't know how they did stuff on those things, you know? Yeah. Um, going back to the, uh, Vic Murphy thing, the ultimate video would be packing that thing up, taking it to the spot and having him just try, you know? Yeah. I, I, the spot's still there. Um, there's a dude on the museum I actually got my bully from. He actually, at the BMX Society show last year, won best old school freestyle bike because he has Chris Day's Dirt Bros. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Chris Day, but he's like a flatland pioneer, a street pioneer. Uh, he always one of those dudes kind of under the radar, but he pushed BMX super hard. But he had a Dirt Bros, which was a Skyway TA with a homemade bash guard on it. Nice. And he won best in show with that bike because he got it and brought it back to exactly how Chris had it. Um, and he sent me photos of that bike at the curb cut because he lives in San Diego. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, it would be cool. Um, I mean, Vic lives in Tennessee now. Uh, so I think it'd be pretty hard, but it'll be cool. I mean, and I, I do have... I mean, everything's old on it. I, I don't have new tires on it. It's all, you know, I try to keep it at tire. Vintage tires is a hard game. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, but it's fully rideable. I mean, so we'll, we'll do a video on it eventually. I just don't want to post one up and, like, jump the gun because I think it'd be way more special with Vic. It's got to be done right with something yeah. like that for sure. Uh, damn it, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, maybe it can be in, like, you said you get like a hundred bucks every couple months. Six <laughs> years from now, you guys can fund it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, Vic comes through uh, like with his missionary work, doing shows and stuff. Um, him and like Dustin or somebody will roll through Portland, and you know they always hit me up and we go grab food. I mean, uh, I mean, if you'd have told fourteen-year-old me that Vic would call my phone ever, I'd my head would have probably popped off. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's so crazy and like going all the way back to that blueprint thing you know like that was that kind of the catalyst for things really taking off yeah i mean i had shot a couple photos for ride before that like okay um i really wanted to shoot i mean i did shoot photos for magazines i mean i'm not like uh delecky or jeff z or Mm -hmm. you know or any any of those dudes but i you know i i can shoot an okay photo um but i'd shot a couple photos and that's kind of you know, I, I was just a dude. My whole goal when writing was like, I just wanted to get one photo in a magazine and I thought I did good. So I did way better than I thought. Yeah. I shot photos and you know, I'd shot a few photos to the magazine then. And, uh, but the blueprint thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like just a lot of it, it never really, it didn't really register till a few years later where people would be like, Oh, you know, I'd be on like a prop strip. People be like, Hey, you made blueprint. That was awesome. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. I'm like, a bunch of us helped make it, but yes, I mean, I was, you know, I yeah. filmed most of it, but thank you, you know, so. That's so cool. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a catalyst for a lot of dudes up here, so. That's so sick. Uh, you were mentioning, too, when we were talking about that, how you had some people watch it. Were they watching the full video? A blueprint? Yeah, when you were showing people at Woodward? No, I showed it. I, if I find, I'm sure I have it still. No, we made a promo. We made, like, a... Uh, five minute like promo reel thing just okay. to show our friends 
what we'd been working on. So like we were like, I'd worked, I'm trying to figure out my years at Woodward. I think I worked one year and we were filming and we were like good friends, like Aaron Bostrom. Mm. And like, I worked with Chris Stoffer and like, you, you know, kind of a lot of dudes from that are Daryl Naw, like Daryl and I were super good buddies camp. So we made this like thing so I could take camp and show the dudes like, Hey, this is what we're working on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then it just kind of went from there. I got you. I was just connecting like, man, sitting people down to watch like a full length video and all these people were doing it is so crazy to think about in 2022 where people are like, Hey, watch this Instagram clip. And then they might not even pay attention to it. Yeah. Well, it's pretty crazy. I mean, both of that video and the friend between my legs, both of them, we rented, uh, like, you know, indie movie theaters. Yeah. Um, but the blueprint one we did at a Hollywood theater here in Portland, which is a really big, awesome old school theater. Nice. And I think we sold it out twice. Wow. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. That's amazing. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, so we, we did that. I guess. <laughs> that is so cool. Is that, that if anybody ever hears this and you make a full length video, get it premiered at a theater please it is so much easier than you would think to do it yeah is... there's always little indie ones and stuff that are always like oh yeah we can do it on this i mean at least in portland i mean i know portland's kind of like the indie city or you know but yeah. i know there's you know maybe not little towns but if you're in a college town or something there's always those theaters that'll that'll work with you yeah and i even did the full-length video i made in a cinemark theater like there's yeah. literally oh, yeah, a yeah. form on their website for playing oh, yeah, your there, movie yeah. at a Cinemark movie theater. And it was the easiest process ever. I've talked about it on here before, but I'll say it again. So that anyone who might see this and makes a full length, like just check it out because all you do is fill out the form. Then you contact the person there. And literally she was like, I'm going to need to see like something to see and approve what you made. And so I was like, well, it's not fully done yet. And she's like, oh, that's okay. I only need to see a couple minutes. So I sent just like two sections and got an email back in five minutes. I was like, okay, you're good. <laughs> yeah. It costs $300. You know, it's, it's super fun. I mean, it'll kind of put you on the spot if you made the video, but it's still really fun for it's everybody. It's worth it. It's so yeah. worth it because you bring, you bring the whole scene together whenever you do that. And that alone makes it worth it and it was 325 dollars or something like that yeah i think ours i mean this is 2005 i bet you that theater got redone by now since then it's like beautiful mm -hmm. but i think ours was like 400 bucks back then Which is but it's so... like we but we charged everybody like three bucks to get in yeah and we like i mean remember i remember we ended up with a little extra like you know i was like oh okay yeah, make it worth your time and just having this amazing memory out of it. Yeah. No, it's it, it's super fun to do that. So. And yeah, just I'll repeat myself again. Way easier than you might think. Uh, way easier than making the video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh. So, another thing I wanted to bring up tonight. We're on a podcast right now. There was the Snakebite BMX podcast, yep, yep, which yep. I listened to every single one of whenever it came out, and <laughs> I want more. I So I did one with Lee Ramsdale, and this is going to sound so stupid and generic. That puppy that I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. I would edit him on my old computer. So I was like, I'd gotten a new laptop, and I went 
I was like, okay, I need to edit this up and get it over to Will at Dig because Dig and I would do them, you know, kind of a joint thing with them. Mm-hmm. The dog ate part of my computer and ate my charger cord, which, I mean, he was like nine-month-old puppy is going to do that. You know, he's like a yeah. Pitbull Lab Blue Healer mix. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. that thing will eat something. Naturally. He ate my passport like three days before this. Um, so I was like, um, at the computer, I mean, the computer's kind of not messed up, but you know, it's not on, but the cord, I'm like, it's like one of those old magnet ones. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll just order one. I'll order an Apple one. So it works. It didn't work. Oh, so then I had no. to hit up friends and, uh, try to find one. I got, finally made the whole thing work, transferred stuff over. The podcast is done. Um, the guy, it's it's already go. I think the guys at Dig are just finishing up their year end magazine, and then we'll post that. Um, the the pandemic is really what screwed it up, you know. Like I I wasn't like a. You know I I don't do video ones. I I just sit with a recorder and yeah. like face to face. I I may have to change the way I do it, because just just the world's kind of changed since I was doing those, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. That Lee one should be up in a while. Um. I talked to Chester. Chester and I are actually going to do one. Oh, I was going to do it yes. with him. I was going to do it with him tomorrow, but we're going to wait because I like to post up on the Snakebite Instagram. You know, get questions for the end of the oh, thing. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm like, oh, we'll just wait until they're ready. You know, until the Lee one drops, so that we can do that. So uh-huh. hopefully, I'm going to be getting back into it. I mean, it. It's. I don't think ever going to be like a. Uh, super consistent thing it's just like if dudes are there that i'm excited it, again it's me being selfish it's me being wanting like i'm like i want to talk to blither i want to talk to pete augustine i want to find out things about these writers that i looked up to i want to talk to volker you know like yeah and it, you know and I, then I, i've talked to other people you know but it, it just kind of panned from that but it's really all comes from a selfish spot on me that it's just me wanting to nerd out with my heroes you know hey um but I do, you know, like chess, it's always weird for me when it's like a close friend. Like I've done Bruce, I've done Casey Badger. Um, you know, it's like I've been there for a lot of the stories. But I think people enjoy those because we have a, a different camaraderie than like Definitely. if I'm talking to another dude. But yeah, they should be they should be coming back. I mean, I, people hit me up about it all the time. Um, and I, I want to do them and I'm going to do them. It's just I have a lot of stuff going on. Clearly, we've been and a lot of people don't it. come to the Pacific Northwest. I mean, people do, but it's not like, you know, where you're somewhere where people are just rolling through all the time. Where you're like, oh, I can do this, I can do this. Yeah. And, you know, some of the newer new dudes, I don't really know what to ask. Some of the new dudes, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, we got, the, you know, this dude. I mean, some of the dudes I know, but they're, you know, you could probably put some dude in front of me, and I'm like, shoot, I, you know, I can't, I know this dude's writing, but I don't know anything about him or. I feel like I'd put a stale conversation out there, you know? Well, that's that's not your like your niche of the podcast thing. It's no, like, no, no. It's it's totally what you're saying. I don't wouldn't you call it selfish? I don't call it selfish. It's just <laughs> it's just what you want to do and like that's literally why we're here right now. I yeah. I realized when I was on the Snakebite channel, I was like, "Oh my god, all these people who watch me are somewhat older and probably came up when these videos he keeps posting came out." Let's get some more people over there. And I want to learn about yeah, I mean, what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I just post stuff. I mean, it it does... We get a few followers a day, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, and people seem psyched in the comments, and I'm like, oh, I'll just keep plugging away. But, 
yeah, hopefully we'll do some more podcasts. I mean, there's there's still plenty of dudes I'd like to to chat with. Yeah, I do feel like I kind of have to do maybe what we're doing. I don't know if I'd post up a video one. That's okay. But like just to get the audio because there's some people overseas that I would love to talk to that I just know it won't happen. You know. Yeah, using using technology as a way to break through the barrier of just the fact that you're like not like I don't know if you and I when or if we'll ever meet in person but we get to do this right now is, yeah and, and it's a good chat um and before we get off any kind of podcast talk not that i want to but uh kurt rowell i don't know if you know kurt. oh no i know kurt really well yeah kurt's awesome he's been a big part of the uh eastern washington scene forever like well he's a super he's super og dude he's wondering when the sean yarl snakebite podcast is coming out i i brought it up to sean a couple times and sean is kind of i would love to do sean we're pretty good friends and sean i met him at that nelson contest when i was talking about about sato earlier Mm -hmm. and i was telling him i i I almost moved to austin and i almost moved to san diego about that same time and uh i was like i want to move to san diego and ride the dirt bros and he's a dirt bro yeah and he started laughing about it and then he walked over to his truck and gave me a copy of cheese that had just came out that's funny um, and Sean, I think is a little shy. Sean likes to play down his, you know, he's like, I'm no one not, he doesn't say that, but like, you know, he's like, no one wants to hear what I say. And it's like, Sean has awesome stories from growing up in San Diego yeah. back during like one of the, probably the best times for me in BMX and just so many dudes, like he used to do stuff with Wilkerson. He used to ride mission Hills and all this stuff. So hopefully, you know, uh, Kurt or uh, the other other Sean uh, yeah. <laughs> can convince him to do one with me. I mean, hopefully I see those dudes. I, I miss those dudes up there. I want to go up and ride uh, this full pipe with them this winter. There's a full pipe that just runs in the winter up there. Oh, uh, So you have to ride it like when it's probably like snowing and freezing. But perfect. Um, there's actually video footage of us riding that on the Snakebite channel. Nice. It's like riding the crustiest full pipe. There's some footage of us, like Seth Holton and a bunch of us riding it. In the early 2000s, there's like a frozen dead coyote outside the front of it. But uh, hopefully I see those guys soon. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do one with Jarl if, if he'll let me. Yeah. all It's not whether other people want to hear it. It's the fact that you want to do it that matters, Sean. No, Come I, on. I would love to do it because he's, <laughs> he knows so many things that I want to pick out of his brain. Yeah, and dude, <laughs> he still shreds. He came, oh, they all... Yes. All three of those guys came to Ray's last uh, March, this March, this past, no, I don't remember. But, uh, damn, it's November already. It was last March. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But they were at Ray's, and just Sean was killing it, and it was awesome. He's always been, I mean, Sean, you know, he was sponsored. People know who Sean is, you know. He had, you know, a part in Nowhere Fast. He had he had the Ender part in Cheese, which is up on the Snakebite channel. If you really want to see some Sean Yarl right. with Coke bottle glasses, bald head, just ripping. Um, but yeah, he he, you know he people know who he is. He he's been around for a long time, and he is no slouch on that bike. Yeah, and you give me a half bar spin and one footed table. Oof, oof is right. The, the thumbnail, I'll just pull this over here. When I type in Snakebite, our thing comes up right now that we're doing. Uh, but this thumbnail from 
cheese Sean Yarl's part is a one-footed seat grab exa. Yep. Is that what that's called technically? Like, yeah. Is there a name for that? No, that's just a one-foot seat grab exa. I mean, there's like the toadstool and stuff. I think, I think a toadstool is a one-foot seat grab exa, but you're you're doing it rocket. You know, Ooh. that's a toadstool. I, I believe. Okay. And I think, you know, Hoffman would do those on Verde. I think that's toadstool. But, you know, one foot seat grab X up. That's right. You know. I just wondered because I've done those and just the seat grab X ups for like ever, but never knew if it, because that's a lot to say. I figured it would have some kind of shorter thing, but didn't know. No, I mean, there's some things that just have a long term, you know, but there's like, you know, inward, inward one hand X's like Bruce Crispin and do. We call those soupsters or stovepipes. Yes, yeah, stovepipe. Um, which interesting fact, I mean, the, the guy who invented those is Josh white from Oregon. So you nice. can look up some, there's some pictures, probably if you go to his Instagram, there's a photo of him in 86 at an AFA contest. He's doing it one, one foot, one hander stovepipe in Whoa. 86, like about like seven, six feet out of a quarter pipe. And I don't think people did him since he did it. I mean, sure. Some people did. But that trick really never caught back on till the late 90s, you know? Yeah, man, that's pretty nuts. I'm, I'm picturing that in my head right now, and that just feels insane. It's on, it's on his, I think his Instagram's Josh White 67 Okay, I'll, um, I was trying to find it just now, but Yeah, it's like Josh White underscore 67. It's probably there. He has he doesn't post that much stuff, you know, like, uh, but he's got there some stuff on there, and, and uh, that that photo is pretty awesome. Oh my goodness, I just love these old pictures. Holy hell, in an air out. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's on one of those ramps that you know was like not the best geometry for airing out probably. I mean, he's one of the he's probably I mean, I think a lot of vert riders, he's one of the best vert riders ever. So that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's He's awesome. And it, it's funny that you look at his riding and like uh, old school pro racer from Oregon uh, named Daryl Young. Uh, if you look at their styles, like their tabletops and some of the stuff they do, mm -hmm. and you tra you transfer it down to the riders that came after them, they're like the blueprint of like kind of the Northwest style is Josh White and Daryl Young. That's so um, cool. If you look at the stuff they did, Daryl Young, a lot of some people call it a ground chuck. Which yeah. that's fine. you're from the East Coast, but the sideways seat grab. Yep. Uh, that that's a DY. Daryl Young invented that. His best friend Jeff Tabachi's from Portland. He invented the toboggan. He had the cover of BMX Action at the Gabriel Park Trails, where there's a skate park now, doing a toboggan on the front of uh, BMX Action in '87. Hmm. And he even had an interview in the back on how he invented it. Um, wow. So if you look at those two riders and kind of put the chain of dudes from the Northwest, even Oregon you're going to see a lot of similarities. Like you look at a good Josh white table and then you kind of look at an Inman table. You're like, Oh, you know, it's all the same kind of bloodline. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. That's so interesting. Uh, somebody amazing China said Josh white is about 16 in that photo question mark. The... Uh, uh, that's probably about right. Yeah. That he just got in, it. He just, is that Chris Dachi? I think that maybe that's not Chris Dachi that mentioned that, but, I know her her Instagram thing's China, and she she was you know pro GT Flatlander for girl Flatlander back then. 
I'm not. I don't know. I don't think that's her, her Instagram handle. It's probably some dude I don't even know. But yeah, uh, yeah. Josh is probably about 16 there. Yeah, probably 16, 17. That's... He he came out of Oregon and just went to uh, I think it was the 85 AFA Masters, and kind of like people were like, where did this dude come from? You know, like yeah, because he was one of the first dudes to do. Him and Dominguez were the first dudes to do high 540s. Yeah, so, that, that's a crazy <laughs> trick in itself. But that one foot soupster at that time is pretty he's not even like pinching his seat or anything. He's letting that bike all just wiggle around like all heck, you know? And then you gotta think how little that bike is. Yeah. He's doing it on this bike that's right behind me on the wall, basically. Right. It's the same right. year and everything, you know? I wonder if that makes the stovepipe work better. Because every time I've ever tried that, my wrists will not they don't let me do that I've, trick. I've done one I've done one hand accepts until one day I you know, where it gets away from you. Uh-huh. And, but I've never done the Soupster one. Bruce tells me, he said you don't even really have to pinch your seat. He goes, if you just stay above it, it kind of stays in there. Um, but I've never tried one. You know, it's like kind of by that time, it wasn't really a trick that I was attracted to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know Bruce did his 361s over spines were a sight to behold, though. That's incredible. So... Yeah, uh, another thing that Kurt <clears throat> told me to ask you about was how it felt when you saw Bruce win X Games. Uh, it, I felt like I was going to cry. I was so happy. For <laughs> uh, yeah, I was there filming for props, and uh, I had to be up in the stands because, you know, you could only film practice at that time. Oh, okay. Um, it, I mean, it was awesome. We were just psyched. I mean, everybody in the Northwest was psyched that Bruce was there because – Bruce was like a contest dude, but like, even if you talk to like the dudes at Woodward, you know, cause everybody back then went to Woodward, you know, you went to Woodward and right, um, right. he didn't seem like he was on that fence of like, and there's no, you know, like the Dave Miras or the Matt Hawk. He wasn't a contest dude. He was still, he was a contest dude, but Bruce was still filming like street parts and stuff. Start, you know, he mm-hmm. still wrote everything and it, it felt, I think I talked about this with Bostrom or somebody felt like one of ours had won the X games, you know, like, some, you know, uh, I'm trying to say it without like making it sound like I'm insulting, like the dudes that were like heavy contest dudes, because, you know, they're all awesome and amazing. And, the, but it just seemed like Bruce was kind of a, a year earlier was a no name barely, you know, yeah. like, and then he came out and won. Um, I, I think it was him. And then Alistair and then Mira. Mira fell. He tried doing double flips the first hit of both of his runs and fell. And Bruce just basically rode flawless. I mean, Alistair rode really, really good. Um, I think just Bruce had a little – I mean, to be honest, I, it, just squeezing those bar bar spin one-hand foofs in in the middle of a contest run. Yeah. How hard that trick is. And he right. did it every time. And still doing, like, really good variations over the box jump. Yeah. And going high. I think it was just like he was a good contest writer, but I think it just everything fell into place that day for him. Yeah. Things but happen. I was sitting with his mom and stuff and his mom is a super sweetheart. And she, you know, all the BMX guys up here knew his mom from back day because he used to have a box jump in his backyard. Yeah. And it, it was awesome. That's so it, it was it was fun. I got kicked out of that X Games after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I, I, they said I'm on a list. I'm not allowed to ever back into the XK. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I missed did my you, flight home. So Did you do something? I was filming vert practice, and uh, 
there was one deck where it had the stairs up, and there's so many kooky filmers and photographers because it was X Games. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Robinson was finishing his run, and I was like, hey, Kevin. Uh, he was like, get on stuff. I was like, or if you're finishing, can I just grab your bike and roll in with my bag and fly out on the other side so I can film without all these dudes around? And he's, you know, he's like, yeah. So me dropping into a vert ramp and flying out on the other side is not scary. You know, I've, yeah. I've ridden over. I mean, Kevin's bike's a little weird, but so I just foot plant drop in, fly out on the other side, and then I just slide Kevin's bike down to him. And then I'm over there filming, and the security guard starts ho- – I didn't even know he's hollering at me because I was in the middle of, like, filming. Yeah. And he's just like, hey. And I'm like, well, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, why are you over here? And I'm like, oh, I'm just filming. I'm like, I have the press pass. I'm, You know, how would you get up there? I'm like, I just rode my friend's bike up here. He's like, bullshit. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, I was like – so I just ignored him. I was like, screw this guy. Um, so I'm filming, and then – 20 minutes go by and I see him and like three other dudes walking up with like a big ass ladder. Oh my God. And they like put it up against the vert ramp. And I was like, Oh my God. And I remember looking over at some of the other dudes on the thing and they were like, what the hell? So they come up and, uh, they're like bitching at me and they didn't believe how I got up there, which I thought was really weird. And then I was like, they grabbed my, uh, press pass and me, I was staying with, uh, Dennis Stankovich and he's like one of the, uh, old Jersey local grew up with like around Ralston EC helped out with the animal back and they we'd made extra letters on our thing so we could get massages and eat and do all this <laughs> stuff and they looked really good but when they grabbed it they could feel that we did it like the dude went to grab my thing mm-hmm. and so then they called security and put me in a holding room Whoa. Um, and I sat there for like three hours and I was like supposed to be you know just filming vert and then going to the airport and yeah. flying home um, they called Marco at props and they're like, he's making you, and I think this was the last Marco wanted, I think an excuse to not film X games anymore yeah. because they're just such a pain in the ass to deal with. So he wasn't mad at me or anything, but they held me forever. And then they finally let me go and I missed my flight home and everything. And they told me, uh, I'm never allowed, uh, to, to document, you know, be at the X. I'm, I don't, I bet you I could go nowadays. It's been so long, you know, yeah. but it, it was just ridiculous. It was, it's pretty funny, you know, so. Wow, that is an incredible story. <laughs> uh, and also, somebody reminded that X Games was just sold by Disney, so I think you'll be okay. Oh, it was just sold by Disney, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the new owners probably don't have that list that you were on. I mean, X Games is so weird nowadays anyways, you know, like, back then at least dudes had to work to get into it and stuff. I mean, they just invite, I mean, the dudes they invite are awesome, but it's just like, you're like, oh, you have four dudes competing. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. Um, four dudes who are your biggest sponsors, you know, sponsored riders well, competing. You know, it's like. That's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, there could definitely. I hope that. I mean, we can't re- really say much until they do the next one on how it'll yeah. go now that it's been sold. But I, I have high hopes. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't put too much stock in those guys. I mean, it, there's been cool X games. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, where in your head you're like, don't be that dude that's too, too hardcore for stuff. But in my head, I'm just like, I, I, you've seen the, the, you've seen the story play out a thousand times. Big company comes into BMX, does something, you know, runs it for a while. Dudes get dependent on it. Then they fucking, sorry, I just swore. I don't know. Oh, you're that, fine. It doesn't matter. Thing. No, it doesn't uh, matter. But, you know, and then they just 
run it down and let everybody go and just screw everything up. And everybody's been so dependent and reliant on this company. You know, it's like, you know, and I don't think that's just BMX. I'm sure it happens with skateboarding and snowboarding and, every, you know, but it's just I don't put too much stock into it. When they come in, it's like, cool, that's cool. That's good for those dudes. But, yeah, you know, who knows where it'll go. Yeah, I just I can only hope basically that. It... Yeah, I mean, the best thing to do is just we can hope. But then at the same time, support writer owned or even I mean, even just companies that you feel like you have good faith in, you know. Mm -hmm. And then if you're like one of those dudes out there, that's like, you know, we were talking about earlier buying like all the new print books that are coming out. Yeah. If you're complaining about a magazine not being out, I mean, Jeff C has that silent magazine he's been doing with everybody and they're offering subscriptions now. There's it's a like, lot of zines out there. There's so much. There's almost more print out there now than there was when it was just ride and dig. I would agree. Um, it just go out there and get it. Put some, you know, find it. Go out there and get it. So many people are doing awesome zines. Dig does their yearly annual thing. Jet, that silent magazine's awesome. You know, the books are awesome. It's like go support this stuff because that's in turn supporting you know, the BMX that you're passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be awesome if we could get to a place where, where that stuff really thrives. And I think that maybe we're in like a dawn of a new era because that it kind of all died off. And now yeah. the roots of it within zines and people making more, I feel like there's more full length videos in the recent past than there had been, you know, five years yeah. ago. It's just like I, I, coming back. I'm never even opposed against just dudes working on parts. Like, you know, it's full length videos. I, I'm always down for that, but it's like some dudes can't do that. You know, it's like, right. but there is, there's so much out there that you can take in. It's just like, you know, when you see somebody just being salty about it, you're like, are you salty that it's just not your prime anymore? Or are you, are you really just not putting effort out to, to find this? Because I mean, there's so much good, stuff to take in from bmx right now it's kind of exciting yeah i think more or less that some of that just comes from the fact that people need something to bitch about oh yeah 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 <laughs> it's yeah i mean natural. it's like you can go out right now and get a subscription to a magazine like i i mean i just got the new ride uk Ride uk made an, a new issue yep. i was like you know it's like they're out there you know like go find them you know oh yeah uh Hit up your hit up a BMX shop around you. You know they're probably gonna know where to get it or can get it for you. You know. Yep, absolutely, and uh, it's definitely something that a lot more people have been doing, and it's it's cool to see because usually these zines are like they're focused on whatever area they're in, yeah. and and it's so cool to see like there was one that had been Chuck uh, Nagy here in Ohio was doing one called Heavy Pedals. Yeah, I've got a few of them. And he was going super hard with it for a while there, but now he's he's more focused on some of the other stuff he's doing. He's still working on it, but he's got it, the race team and stuff and everything. Yeah, but man, just it was so cool because he was constantly interviewing people locally and taking pictures at Rays for the zine and just going yeah. in with it. And I, it's just something that gets people stoked locally where otherwise it's not as easy you know because of the way bmx works these days yeah and i mean even when the big bags were around sometimes they i mean there would be things but sometimes if 
there'd be an issue where it felt more locally to like San Diego or LA, you know, right, like exactly. you're like, you know, I don't, you know, if you're a dude in Ohio or, you know, someone in Nebraska or, you know, in these one States, it's, it's sometimes hard to connect with that because everything's so perfect. You're like, Oh, well, I'm growing up and I'm riding ramps that are out in a cow pasture. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, you know, it is so it's good when you see zines and you can connect locally. I think the guys in Montana, I oh, I had it here. I think it's called Bullshit. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they have a zine and, you know, they've got a lot of cement parks and uh, they've got a great zine. I know Josh Clemens, um, I don't, I'm sure some people are familiar with him. He rolls the fast and loose dudes. Yep. He writes the shop. He's done zines on a lot of his trips where he'll just sell off of his Instagram. Matt Cordova's done the same thing, you know, so there's so much stuff out there, you know, that you can take in that and a lot of these dudes are great photographers and great at putting it, it's so much different than back in the day where you can put all this together and it, it can be a really awesome finished product project yeah and we're we're in a time right now where i think that it is more acceptable and normal for people to do their own little thing and get supported than yeah ever before i mean it's just outside of bmx even it's huge to do yeah. your own thing right now yeah i mean it's like that's kind of where i went with the snake bite and the shop thing it's like the way i'm just gonna be happy is if i just let bmx if i enjoy bmx the way i want to be enjoy it and i'm just gonna put it out there and if somebody else is enjoying it that way awesome yeah you know i know i'm a full bmx kook and i like it <laughs> and uh <laughs> I just, you know, it's like, I'm just going to put this stuff out there. And if dudes are into it, I'm psyched. If they're not into it, I don't care. Cause I'll still go watch the videos or talk to the dudes I want to talk to or ride the stuff I want to ride and be just as hyped. Right. It's just the, not the person it was meant for. And then there's other yeah. people out there that it is. Yeah. I mean, there's some dudes that probably live and die watching feast contests, getting excited for the Olympics, which is awesome. You right, know, exactly. Sometimes when I watch that, I'm like, who's this dude? Not that I'm not, I'm just like trying to, I feel like I'm playing, trying to play catch up. But some of those dudes would probably look and be like, you guys are talking about Sean Yarl. Who the heck is Sean Yarl? You know? Mm -hmm. And there's so much disconnect. But, you know, hopefully one dude, one little seed will plant with those dudes and they'll just learn more about BMX and on both ends, you know? Yep. And, uh, and I think it, I just made this connection that, it's crazy when you know you hear people talk about X Games and the people who ride at X Games, and then you hear people complain about, maybe not necessarily complain, but say how the Olympics isn't like a like a pure view of like who the best of the best are because it's country based and not just the best rider based. But I would yeah. almost say X Games is more uh, more well rounded as far as riders goes than even X Games is. Or I, I might have said X Games twice. The Olympics is more well-rounded than X yeah. Games. I mean, the Olympics, when I watch it this year, I mean, either than, you know, the TV not – me want I just want to sit down and watch the full contest. Like, just mm -hmm. let it run, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it, it seemed good. I mean, I'm one of those dudes with BMX and with freestyle that's like – even with freestyle contests, like, I'm like, ah, in my head there can't be a real winner because I'm like just from that era where it's like an expression – and everything like that, you know, so it is it. And people do win contests. I get that, you know, but it, to me, I'm like, oh, this is a hard thing to do where when I watch the racing, because I, I enjoy racing and I'll follow racing through the year. Like, I'm really excited right now to see if Barry Nobles is going to come back from his wreck 
and when the top, when mm-hmm. you know I brands and uh, how he's going to do in vet pro. But with racing, you have a, there is a true winner. You know, with freestyle, you know, you're like, huh, well, hmm. but um, this this year at the Olympics, oh, I'm having a brain fart right now. Who's the Australian that won? Logan Martin. Yeah. He should have won. Oh, it's a very <laughs> it so good, dude. It was yes, crazy. it's very like, clear. You know, it's like you're like, well, yeah, there's expression and there's this, but you're like, God dang, Logan Martin's really good. And he landed everything. <laughs> and he's catching perfect. a lot of transition. Yep. It's not like he's one of those dudes. Like he's. It, it was like, yeah, he should have won. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just made that connection. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting to think about because. It is almost more well-rounded because they're forced to have the people from the countries rather than, you know, however they decide who's at X Games. Yeah, I mean, there are those things where some countries will have writers that lived in the States whose families are from, you know, yeah. like, you know, from wherever. And, you know, they, they kind of, which is fine, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like with the Olympics, it is going to make a lot of the smaller countries, like a lot of South Af- South African, maybe South African, but South American and Central American and like Mexico. And so, you know, it's going to give a lot more of those writers opportunities and those countries might put more money into writing because there's so many amazing writers in the Americas that we don't even talk about. I mean, they're starting to, but I bet you in like five Olympics from now, it's going to be insane, you know, like just, and it's going to be so more of a worldly thing where right now they were like, Oh, we have to get this or, this person from the States is going to ride for this country. So we, but there's going to, it's, it's going to be crazy in, in a while, you know? Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I do that. worry about the, you know, you see those feast courses and the Olympic courses. And sometimes when a kid watches BMX, because they're going to be watching it, those courses, I'm scared. Sometimes it might make BMX. And I don't know if it will, because BMX, you can always just get in the dirt or go on the street but where it feels a little elitist because if you're going to ride one of those courses, you're going to have to, I mean, Woodward barely even has courses like that. You know, you yeah. have to go. Australia and England have a lot of indoor parks that look like they're built towards that thing. Mm-hmm. In the States, we don't, you know? Yeah. I think some other places we don't. So it, it, it's, it's like a representation of BMX, but it is kind of like a different one. And I don't know if it'll pull more riders in because they're going to see that and they're going to go look at their local skate park and it's not going to match up where yeah. you do see those vans when vans was doing those cement park contests that I felt was a more true representation of, you know, what's going on in BMX, you know, but, and I feel like that would pull more riders in cause I know that's not what the Olympics worries about, but I think about it, you know, yeah. But when you see the cement park, you're like, this is accessible. I, I have this a town away or in my town, you know, yeah, but on the same note, uh, I would counter that with a perfect example from the Canode Nose podcast this week with Edwin and how he got into BMX from X Games. It's true, but when he got into it with the X Games, the X Games courses did not look like the Still, courses. still. They look, like, they look like a toaster strudel with listen, all the squiggles. <laughs> listen, my point still stands. No, Edwin no, got I, into I, X Games. I totally get it, and I've heard Ed talk about it. I think... I mean, there's a lot of dudes Ed's age that got into riding because of the X Games. And I think it will, but I do think the skate parks and everything was different back then, too. Now, so many towns have cement parks. Yeah. And if you see a cement 
contest, you know, it's as a person who wants more people to ride, I feel like that's a bit more of a connection where they're like, I could go You're to my right. park and do this, where no one really has a 10 to 7 foot tall spine at their park, you know? You're which, absolutely right. Which, I, dude, please build a feast, build some more of that stuff here in the States. I want to ride it. Like, it, mm -hmm. you know, it just, it is what it is. But I, I don't think it's a, a negative, you know? It just... It's fun to talk about. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I definitely would like to see a freestyle skate park here and there because it's going to push things, regardless of it's skateboarding, BMX, whatever it might be, in a certain direction if there ends up being no more like prefab style parks and only concrete stuff because, they, you know, concrete skate parks do tend to have similar, you know, traits to them and you see similar stuff. Yeah. I, well, they're really going that way. Now, a lot of the skate park companies, dudes are getting older. They just want to make the parks and make some money where, mm -hmm. you know, I look at a lot of the older Oregon parks and I'm like, we're, no one's ever building these again. Yeah. You know, you're these, these monsters, these, they're almost just dinosaurs now because they're so old. No one's building those skate parks anymore. We're lucky to have them here. I mean, you do look at a lot of the cement parks nowadays, and it's like, bunk, bunk, bunk. Even if it's like a company that you're like, oh, these guys built this. Well, they're not building it now because they want they want that, uh, you know, they want to get that job. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, how do you get somebody to build, like, the Athens, Ohio skate park? Like, how do you get them to do that again? That park is enormous. Oh, the crazy one that's, like, like kinked and weird and looks insane. And it's got like a giant deep end to it with a capsule and all that. Yeah. It's nuts. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah I mean, a lot of, I think those parks are going to die off just because they just are, it's just harder to build. The city just wants, you know, cities are always going to watch that cut and dry thing and say, Hey, we mm -hmm. did it for you. Well, and how many people are, Aside from the fast and loose guys, you know, how many people are really riding those parks oh, the way I mean, they're built? People really, yeah, people up here really ride them like that. Well, not I mean, in Ohio. <laughs> I mean, the fast and loose dudes are always going to do it better. But, I mean, up here, like, dudes have always – we've had those parks longer than anybody, so dudes always ride yeah. them, you know? There's, like – I got to clarify before people flame me for saying not in Ohio. There are people who shred them in Ohio, but, like, there's – only a few people who are riding like the fast and loose dudes. Yeah, but here. I mean, BMX is secular. It'll always be right now. You know, they might not be, but you know, in a, in a while they might be. You know, and right. I know in Australia, you look at a lot of those riders, and they all seem to be able to ride those things like that. Yeah, what I was just saying is like, there's not very many people who are going to be pushing for something like. Yeah, that. yeah, no. It's usually an older dude. I mean, I feel like some younger dudes that would do that up here, but there's. You know, it, yeah, it's always going to fluctuate. I do just think those type of parks are are a dying breed, though. You know, mm -hmm. I hope not. I, I hope, hope not, too. Yeah. I like, I like big skate parks. They're easier on my joints. And, man, there's one that's built by the same people that built the Athens one. It's uh, in Grove City, Ohio. It's just south of Columbus. You don't even have to leave the ground at that place to have fun. It is so good. Yeah. No, no. I feel like big skate parks are safer than the little ones because you're not falling to flat, you know, <laughs> like you just want to be an old dude and go fast and do some, even if you're just doing coping airs and just ripping around, it's fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
speaking of riding and stuff like what what's bmx look like for you these days riding wise um this year has been a little hard my dad's gotten older so i've been kind of after work i'd have to go take care of him sometimes mm-hmm. um but you know when it was nice out i'd try to get like at least three sessions in a week you know we were you know, we I go ride Tiger Skate Park a lot. I didn't ride Burnside that much this year. Sometimes I'll ride it a bunch, and then sometimes I won't. Um, but we have a bunch of parks around us. and I mean, it literally looks about what it's looked like since the 90s. It's me riding with the same dudes I've always rode with, kind of their kids now. Yeah. Uh, we got some public dirt jumps that we were riding. You know, I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll ride these. I, I kind of stopped riding trails and stuff because my knees, I think both of them need surgeries. Oh. And, and I don't have insurance, and I'm – really scared to just jump off on a big jump yeah where if i'm airing a quarter pipe you can show up and be like i'll just do some two foot airs till i'm comfortable and start going higher where you go ride trails it's like if you showed up at a vert ramp and you're like you need to roll it and and do 10 feet right now you know like Mm -hmm. it so but no i mean it's just there's certain tricks i can't do anymore because my body doesn't want to but i can still do a turn down and that makes me happy i can still do an ice grind and that makes me happy and I can still sit on the deck with my buddies and talk shit, and that really makes me happy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it's about what it's always looked like. I mean, every year I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out and hit a handrail, and I never do. Uh, Hobie always wants me to go hit a handrail with him, so maybe one day I'll hit a handrail again. We'll see. That would um, be sick. Yeah, I mean, I can't bunny hop that good like I used to because I broke my ankle like five times, and my right ankle doesn't really move that well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Hobie can find you the right rail, and it'll be well. Good. I, I know where they're all at. Oh, okay. They're at. Okay. So, so, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I try to, you know, I, I've been race. I, I race once in a while. I, I never raced growing up. Mm-hmm. So we have our race team, and you know, I'll go race once in a while, or go do some gate gates and stuff. Uh, it's just fun. You know, I just try to, just go have fun on the bike. You know. Yeah, so. man, that's that's good so, yeah. to hear. I I love to hear when people kind of like live their lives so that they can keep riding. And I mean, I've, at the core of things, is that kind of part of why you do some of what you do is to be able to keep BMX I'm, at the core. I just like riding bikes, and I like everything to do with bikes, and I don't like taking orders or directions from people so i just do what i do there you go (laughs) um man i totally forgot i meant to shout this out i hope he's still here uh where to go martin mcfarland oh that's my buddy marty he he was my like marty's like my uh he's one of the people that saw hucky do the hand plant oh he's he can represent in the chat nice and uh clarify but he He's a gnarly, gnarly old vert dude. He still rips, and his son, Austin, is definitely going to be a dude you're going to watch out for here in the Northwest soon. Nice. Uh, but what he said was, first, he said that he was there when the T-Bog was invented. Then he said... He was there, yeah. Should clarify and say, I was at the photo shoot with Jeff Tabachi doing the first T-Bog was at the old dirt jumps at Gabriel Park in Portland. And I just wanted to shout that out because I think that that is like, I mean, that is a moment that how many, not very many people can say that they've been there for a moment like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think those dudes, it was, it, that spot was actually for the ladies, was kind of, I think, a trail spot. I've walked there now, and you can still see the where the jump was. Mm-hmm. There's a rock the city put there, a big boulder, where they couldn't jump there anymore. Oh. And now there's a skate park, like, a uh, hundred meters away from there, you know? Nice. Um, but yeah, Tabachi was good friends with Daryl Young, and, you know, I, I think those dudes, you know, the freestyle dudes would go out to the jumps once in a while, and, and Marty was a big dude in the Salem and Portland scene back then. Um, and, uh, if you guys want to see some Marty McFarlane footage, there is some, uh, raw vert footage of him from like 87 or 88, like ripping this vert ramp on the snake bite YouTube channel. Nice. Uh, he's got a mullet, no shirt on, no socks. And, uh, he does a real mean one hand invert and some really nice no foot cans and it goes really high. That. I mean, what more can you ask for, honestly? Yeah, look look up Marty McFarland. I mean, he he's kind of like that uh, dude in the north. If you lived in the northwest, you always knew about him. But he, he you know, if he would have left more, he, he definitely could have. He could have done well in early vert contests, like the early two hip contests. I know he went to a few. That's but awesome. He super good style. Um, Brad barker you gotta you gotta go back we already talked about the dinosaur photo (laughs) (laughs) hey brad i know brad brad's awesome we had a whole conversation about that one uh but shad johnson man this has been a great conversation um it's after midnight here getting closer to 12 30 so i need to head to bed but i would love man thank you for having me on yes absolutely this has been awesome (laughs) like i love nothing more than learning about these the things like what we've talked about tonight and i i used to feel like kind of like i had to apologize for not knowing things but Mm -hmm. i almost like it more because i can talk to people like you through where i've got myself in youtube and bmx and learn all this stuff directly from the source rather than you know i mean i'm just trying to learn stuff too i don't I definitely do not know everything, and I've hit my head so many damn times that I'll forget things or I'll forget names. Um, you know, I did that that Lee Ramsdale podcast that's coming up, and there was a part where I was like trying to remember Josh Hino's name, nice. and it just whoosh, over my head. And you know where I'm like, and I I don't know if I'm just I'm I'm kind of an airhead, but I was just like, and I had to take out this like whole little piece that was just like me sitting there and. Lee and Ryan Baird are like, who are you talking about? I'm like, uh, hold on. <laughs> Oops. But, yeah. That's funny. I'm always learning too. So it's, it's always fun. Yeah, man. So can you, uh, let everybody know where they can find you and your, what you've got going on, whether it be the shop, yeah, I mean, snake bite, anything. Yeah. I mean, my, I mean, if you want to know what I'm doing or what my dogs look like, you could go to shad 4130 on Instagram, but, uh, my shop, I have, Goods BMX and Goods BMX Racing. Um, you can do .com and go to the websites for those or fo- follow them on Instagram. Um, and then I do the Snake Bite BMX uh, on Instagram. We do have a website. I haven't posted on there for a while. I keep meaning to get back into that. Hopefully here soon I can. Um, like I said, the pandemic kind of screwed up my rhythm. I had it going for a while. but Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, Snakebite BMX on Instagram, on YouTube, um, and I I usually try to post like a couple videos a day. You know, some some of them are crazy. Sometimes it'll be somebody you don't know, and they're still awesome. You know. Yep, absolutely. And you are doing such an awesome job with it, and I love 
just seeing all the crazy like random stuff and then old stuff from people that you've heard of and just it's awesome and, and if anybody's watching and you have old contest footage or you know 80s contest 70s 90s contest footage even if it's contest has been up and you have different angles and you don't know what to do with it hit me up send it to goodsbmx.com i'll tra i'll transfer it send it back to you uh you know so people can enjoy it and and see different angles and see maybe something that no one caught, you know, that's the exciting thing to me, you know, yeah. or if it's just a jam in your area that was awesome that no one knew about and you want to post it up, send it my way. Absolutely. I, I hope that maybe this can push more people towards what you're doing because it's amazing, man. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I'm just, like I said, I'm just trying to watch bikes all the time and nerd out about it. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, if that's if that's what anyone watching wants to also do go check it out because... hey and if you go to snake bite let me tell you a couple of videos that i like okay if you want to go on there and watch the one i was super excited for this year i got a copy of the mongoose video late that was from the early 90s and it's basically dave Perrick made it for mongoose i don't even know if they released it in the united states i got it from a guy in australia a lot of Fuzzy Hall, a lot of Dennis McCoy, but there is a small Vic Murphy part and a wow. small Chris Muller part because they rode for Mongoose Tires. So go check that out. Wow. Uh, another awesome video, one of my favorites, is Monsters of Suburban High Life. It's a little weird, but give the whole thing a watch. There's some awesome riding in it. And uh, I'll give you one more from... Go watch Wilkerson Airlines Life on the Edge. It, it's it's awesome. I'm a, such a... Uh, Wilkerson's my favorite rider. That video is awesome. Uh, the best part is there's a vert ramp in Nebraska. I'm totally spacing the dude's name. David McGinnis? Nope. Another vert rider. Okay. Uh, right now, wait. Oh, I'm having a brain fart right now. I know his name too. It's anyway, not Josh Heino, is it? Should be pissed. I forgot his name. But there's an awesome part with Ron and him ripping that backyard ramp, and it is amazing. And it's such a fun video, so give that a watch. There's your homework, everybody. <laughs> Make sure you do it and turn it in. <laughs> so. All right, well, hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, thanks for being on here. And uh, all of the info you need is in the description, so 